this week on Invasion of the Podcast, other titles for this film that we're discussing this evening could have been Assault on Mars 13, Shining Times Canyon, Something Something SpaceX, The Not-So-Beautiful People, and John Carpenter of Mars. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. It's the invasion of the podcast. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Okay. Show me. I don't know what the hell's in there, but it's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. Another year of Carpenter. Why don't we just wait here for a little while, see what happens. And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. My name is Paul, and I'm joined by um, both halves. Uh, at the Devil's Ball, they've both both been so gracious to come on the show separately so they could cheat on each other with me. But now it's a menage de trois or whatever. Whatever the words I have, Samuel and Nathaniel of At the Devil's Ball. Welcome, guys. Hey, glad to be here. Absolutely, thanks for having us. Yeah, to talk about John Carpenter's Ghost to Mars. So you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just saying uh, before we started <laughs> recording that uh, that uh, your your co-host Steve, who's greatly. Uh, was greatly missed, of course. We're we're helping to fill in those uh, fill in that uh, that seat, uh, but he owes me a thank you. Yeah, right. he does. Yeah. He, like I yeah. think there should be like a like a, a Pepperidge Farms like gift basket like sent to all of us. Uh, right? I, I yeah, or uh, or at least there's, uh, there's what's no our running that smoked smoked meat one fell. You know? yeah. What's our what's our running jokes at this point? Tacos and uh, and cookies, right? right. Yeah, but like, you don't like tacos, so that would be like you would not like a taco. But the, the appreciation, yeah. you know, I mean, right. if they, if you were to send me tacos, I you know I would at least. You know, the thought that counts. <laughs> You'd be like, right. oh, thanks, and just throw them away. Just throw them <laughs> right. While looking him in the eye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like, throw them in the trash can. Yeah. No. So, yeah. No, so, we love you, Steve. Yeah. We miss you. Yeah. yeah. And so. as you go on, your your um, and, you know. uh, and for all my, all, all the humor in the world. No, I mean, like, seriously, he's great. But, and, uh, but yeah, Ghost of the Mars. Ghost of the Mars is not. <laughs> well, way to tip your hand. I don't know if my my made up title, <laughs> my additional titles. That was my best to trying to something humorous. I don't know. Um, uh, no, hey, I mean we're we're, we're going to give it a shot. Uh, obviously, yep. Sam and I are our show is uh, positive and constructive. So we try is to it, find the good. Is it though? Is know. it positive and constructive? Is it? Have you guys finally been beaten down? Is it always positive? I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> I think we most time. Yeah, I okay. mean we've had we've had some rough ones, but we usually are able to like even like. What was the last one we had that was really tough? Rawhead Rex? Was that the last one that we had a really hard time for with? episode one, you know? Yeah, yeah. Episode well, we found we found one. plenty of good for episode one. Right. Rawhead Rawhead Rex. Rex. Rawhead yeah, Rawhead Rex was tough. But and we yeah. were like, you know, but at least there was like urinating on a priest. And we were right. like, there's that, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, that'll, that'll jump any movie, you know, one one or two points ahead, you know? Yeah, I think that, that turned that into like a two and a half star movie versus right. a star movie. Yeah, but... But no, we usually do pretty well, I think, in in coming up with good things uh, to say about bad movies. But yeah, I think um, Rod Rex was the last one. I think we had a, we've only had a handful, 
that right. we really struggled with. Um, well, when you get to the Velocipaster, let me know how you feel about that one. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, we tend to avoid that type of thing because <laughs> we, we know we can't yeah, make true. anything work. Um, but, you know, it's, um, you know, usually it's an accident if it happens. Like Riot Rex was an accident. Exorcist 2 was kind of an accident. We thought We thought going into it that this would be better than we remembered it. And it turns out it just wasn't, you know, right. it was just, you know, uh, but no, I mean, I'm sure we have at least something positive to say about Ghosts of Mars this week. Yeah, but, but you sure guys, we'll you're in the middle of your uh, Mad Max uh, retrospective and you're about to cover Beyond Thunderdome. Yep. So yep. Um, right. yeah, I, I saw uh, those, those spoilers, but um, I, I saw that uh, you, Nathaniel, had um, some uh, mixed feelings a little bit about that film. I actually I, I actually have some. I, it's I'm a actually, mixed film, you know. It's a mixed film, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm working on some thoughts on it. I'm actually probably going to watch it again before we do it. Just because I'm like, there's actually some like really, really, really good stuff in Beyond right. Thunderdome. There's just this awkward uh, Goonies third act that yeah. doesn't work. But um, especially, that, yeah, especially where they're like, what they're, they're driving away in like the camper RV or whatever it was, if I remember right. right. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like, like, like the low budget. Like they're practically using like you know uh, slingshots and stuff. Yeah. It's like you know, it's it's. Dennis the Menace, uh, Mad Max, not, uh, well, you know, the, but the camper RV now makes me think of like, it's, it's like the Kirkland brand version of like Howl's moving castle. That's what it feels like <laughs> to me. That like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, not spoiling your guys' future content, but I'm going to put it to you. I pitched this to Samuel over the weekend and I'll talk about what we did mm-hmm. here. Cause we actually, you know, in person, we did a thing mm-hmm. for like, we'll talk about that in a second. Oh I yeah. Was like, you I was guys like, all living near each other. I know. Right. right? It's weird. Um, having friends, having, mm-hmm. fr- having friends and like, you know, and like, I don't know. And making eye contact in public. Yep. I, it's weird. Friendship um, is magic. Yeah. Friendship yeah. is magic. Um, I was like, why aren't you guys like covering like solar babies or uh, warriors, <laughs> of the wasteland you should cover. Like if you're going right. to do like, like post-apocalyptic knockoff uh, stuff, there you go. Well, we had mentioned like, I think last week that we could do a whole other couple of months just of knockoffs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We mentioned uh, that mystery science theater and riff tracks alone have done, I, I think at least a dozen, Right. Yeah, I, no, I think they did Warriors of the Wasteland, which has all shit. That, yeah, that one's mm-hmm. that one's weird. It's like, yeah, <laughs> there's some fun stuff in there. We didn't call it out, but Warrior Warrior Woman in Road Warrior, her outfit is ripped off wholesale for mm-hmm. the for the lead female of Warrior of the Wasteland. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Solar it's babies, the exact on. same outfit, headband, right. everything. Yeah, yeah why not? Why not the, the the acting dynamo that is Peter DeLuise? I don't know why you want to do Solar Babies. Um, I don't know why you want to want to cover that. Solar Babies. What Solar Babies? I don't you, think I've heard re- of that. Really? Oh, oh yeah. you know what? Um, I'm not going to tell you anything about it other than um, whenever like was it a few years ago? Steve and I we did our Year of the Knockoff series where we'd watch one film and then a knockoff. We actually did Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and Solar Babies in one episode. Um, yeah, it's, um, they're, they're not dissimilar, but you know, one, I loved solar babies when I was a kid. Yeah. But then you grow up, you're like, what are we watching? Like combine like roller skating, uh, with like Mad Max and you're like, well, that could be cool. And you're like, but no, no, no. Like what if it's like the shittier parts of Mad Max where it makes no (laughs) sense. And there, there's a ball with the ball's name. What Bodai? A Bodhi is the name of the ball, right? The magic ball oh, that, could, yeah, that the, yeah. The, 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 oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Solar Babies is on what the hell? Jamie Gertz, Jason Patrick, yes, Charles Durning. All right, um, yeah, I'm watching that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's on. That is on Tubi. I'm, I'm sorry that we're not going to be friends after you watch it, but you- <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to watch the hell out of that. Yeah, 
like all you, but, all you have to do is tell me like it's 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 a Mad Max movie with Charles Durning in it. But, I would but also like, uh, like you're gonna be like, wait, they're dealing with like water as a commodity, and then I'm gonna argue that um that Fury Road's like, you know what, that idea from Solar Babies is pretty good. I want to. You are coming on for uh, Fury Road. Uh, Fury Road, right? Oh, um, weeks? I, I, I should be. Okay, well, now I think I maybe I called my shop, but yeah, like, let me know. Yeah. We'll figure it out because I love uh, Fury Sam, Road. Uh, Sam, you, I am correct, and you told me that, right? I, yeah, I think yeah, I did. Yeah, I don't okay, know. Good. I make a lot of promises I never deliver on. Right. You know, like I, no, I, I, I've, left, I've left the house to get cigarettes so many times and never come back. You know, I just got to put it that way. You know, like you I do Thunderdome with us too if you want. But yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, goddamn, I'm, I'm kind of beyond Thunderdome. I'm fine. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Can't we just get it? I'm, I've already planned ahead that with the beginning of the episode, I'm just going to be like, Sam, do you want to get something out of the way? Mm-hmm. Right. So that, yep. you know, Can't we just get beyond yeah. Thunderdome? Yeah. Yeah. We tied Mike up to tell the following joke. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So. No, that's my, one of my favorite Mystery Science Theater bits is they, we, hi guys, we've tied up Mike and Mike actually is like shouting in pain. Yes. Gag, like while they're going. <laughs> oh, which episode? Is that <laughs> Alien from LA? Is that the episode? I think uh, is it the no, one? No, that's the, the last one from Comedy Central. That is um, uh, Laser Blast. That's Laser Blast. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So before we get into um, uh, the actual discussion about Ghost Mars, I do want to mention over over the weekend, uh, Samuel and myself, and our our better halves. We ended up uh, at a store. It was a grand opening here in Cleveland called the Geek Peak. Um, that is a store that's full of. It's it's a, an odd it's got collection. A little bit of everything. It has a little bit of everything, right? It has like it has like toys, but like a lot of different like pop culture eras. Like you know, you can go from like Star Trek to wrestling to everything else. And in the back, they have like a bunch of like different like books. Like I made the joke that I pointed at like um, Nathaniel, do you remember like whenever like time life books would do like world war two and you could get like a book a month and it was always like about the different battle. I pointed at that. And I told my wife, I was like, look the internet. And she didn't quite understand <laughs> what I was talking about, but that's what it felt like. Cause those like those collections were like our internet. Right. So they have that kind of yeah. stuff. They have a bunch of record stuff. They have a bunch of uh, irradiated glass, like the um, whatever you call it, the um, uranium glass. Yeah. Which my wife bought one. I'm like, good. We're gonna. I mean, granted, I already, I already eat processed food. So what's a little bit of glass going to do to me nearby? Uh, so it's it's a cool little store. Uh, grand, they had their grand opening. Uh, it was packed. So like, it was fine. Except there was a point where we're waiting in line, and and and, and say my elf. I don't, I don't know if you noticed this or not. There's a guy standing behind me talking mm-hmm. to it. Like the it's 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 a it's a long store and not necessarily wide because it's an older storefront. You know, like it's sure. so like, but so like the, the two way, the two wings of traffic were like right next to each other. Right. So it's like, it's just people looking at the stuff on the wall, people checking out. And there was a guy behind me and it's like, he was, he saw a friend of his that just came in. He was like, Hey, Hey, there's a garbage pill kids Rubik's cube over there. And he just kept yelling and he was yelling in my left ear. And I'm just like, this is hell right now. I don't right. need somebody shouting about it. Like, excitedly about a garbage pill kids Rubik's cube, but he kept like well, that, talking. That sounds loud. like the experience of doing invasion of the podcast. I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> There's a man standing directly behind me shouting about garbage pill kids. That's oh. usually, but it's Paul. Okay. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. But like, imagine I'm sorry. A- <laughs> that was, just, I, I, I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. I love you to not, death. You know, you're not wrong. I mean, this, this show, it's, I love, it's, I love harassing you, but no, this, no, no, this no. is, uh, Seriously, it's, but, it's yeah. It's it's just a ghost train pulling into a station, you know, like nobody we don't know where it's going, right? Um, so yeah, no, but it was just one of those things I'm like, I don't know about you guys. Like I one, 
like I'm good on them. Go check out the Geek Peak. I have their address if people are in the area. It's uh, 4298 Pearl Road in Cleveland. Um, go check it out. They have their website, thegeekpeak.com. They have a lot of cool stuff. Um, I did point out to say, well, there was the uh, the Star Trek Next Generation Marble Collection. That's a thing. Yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. Like there's a lot of weird stuff there. If you want to poke what'd, around. Yeah. What did you just get? Um, I got nothing, um, but my oh. wife got the one piece of glass. Uh, cause like I saw they had pop figures there, which I'm not a big pop guy. There was an Audrey two pop figure that looked like the plant from little shop of horrors, $32. I'm not blaming the store. I'm blaming the marketplace. And I'm like, right. I'm not paying $32 for a pop figure. It's just, yeah. that's just, you know, it is what it is. Like I, there was some stuff there. I like, I was also telling the same way you can speak this. We literally had the conversation. I was like, I love stuff, but I've stopped buying stuff. You know, like, I don't know, like I, like I have some toys and there's a lot of cool things to look at, but I realized the moment I buy it, I'm like, where the hell am I going to put this now? You know, like, so I don't know where you guys are at with that, but it's like, I have things, you know, but I, it's like, but I also know that like, uh, what's the George Carlin thing? Like, you know, you gotta, like, gotta find a place to put your shit and you gotta, you gotta buy a place to put more shit in places or whatever, you know? So that, so I didn't buy anything just because I'm like, where am I going to put the shit? Cause I have a closet in my office here. Since we moved into this house three years ago, that still has not been unpacked full of shit that I've not found a place for yet. So I've not added more shit. So I didn't buy anything, sure. but my wife bought that piece of glass. And if it was up to her, she would have bought all the glass, you know? So, right. yeah. Anyway, cool place, though. If people want to go check it out, I dropped off a few uh, cards. Maybe I'll pick up, like, a listener. So I hope that. I appreciate right. that. But it was a cool little place, though. So, cool. yeah. Sam, what about you, Sam? Did yeah. you buy anything? Uh, I didn't get anything, but uh, Jen bought a... Uh Familiar's uh, tarot deck, so no, no. Yeah, they had like board games and stuff there too. Yeah, like it's. I'm sure if it isn't as crowded, maybe I'd be a little bit more comfortable in there. It's nothing against like it's a grand opening. People are checking it out, right? So oh yeah, there was free pizza. I mean, yeah, yeah. They actually had a decent spread of like pizza, like you know, like as much as like pizza places offer quote unquote salad, (laughs) right? Yeah. But yeah, no, they, they, they pulled out all the stops to actually make it very accommodating. So they, I was eyeballing, um, they had, uh, the Batman, the animated series, hot wheels. Like, yeah, they I also had like a whole, eyeball. like whole wax of trading cards that I almost picked up, uh, for Steve, I almost picked up a whole box of the original animated series trading cards, but there was no nice. price on it. So I wasn't sure how much it was going to cost. Right. But, they, but it's Did, like, you didn't find any investment Luke's. No, I didn't find uh, no. any. Like, but maybe there are some best bid looks. I have to look a little bit further. There was a picture I sent to him that was, um, and I played this out the same way. Oh, there was just a box that said, uh, what was it Pogs five for a dollar? Yeah. And I was, I, I said it to Steve, I was like, hey, how many Pogs do you want? Like, <laughs> I usually buy my Pogs by weight. Not, by uh, weight? Yeah. yeah. Like, I just, you know, you got to go in and you got to just get, you know, like I, I went through each one and looked on Amazon to see how much each one was worth individually. Because Pogs are the original Bitcoin. So you just never know where, <laughs> where you're at. So, um, oh, come on. That's not fair to Bitcoin. <laughs> that's you not know fair to I mean? Pogs. No, like, I'm sorry. It's not fair to Pogs, yeah, actually. Yeah, at least Pogs, I mean, at least pogs are real. At least they're like, real. you know. There's actual physical thing in your hand with pogs. Bitcoin, it's just, you know, magic. Yeah. You know? So that was that I just want to shout out that place. Like they they're they're good and I'm gonna go no, I think good. I'm gonna go I think I'm gonna go today sorry, tomorrow or the next day. Uh Samuel, do you remember that weird fish glass thing that we saw there? It was like the big it was near the lava lamp, it was like like almost like a foot tall, it was just weird like fish oh. thing. I don't know, it was a weird I'm going to buy that as a housewarming present for a friend of mine sight nice. unseen and not tell them I'm bringing them this weird fish glass. Cause you know, right. 
because they're going to be like, thank you. And I'm like, good luck finding a place for that. Cause I'm a nice person. <laughs> right. You know, these are the same people that bought a fondue set for my wife. And I'm very angry about that. Right. Cause, um, like fondue set, I, how many times are you going to use it? Once you're going to use it once. Right. Like, and guess what? We used it once. So anyway, yeah. so yeah, that, so we saw each other. We hung out for a minute. Um, we did buy, we, we, I guess our, our significant others bought stuff, but yeah, go, everybody go check that out if you're in the area. So I just wanted to shout that out. So, uh, anything else that happened with you guys over the weekend, anything you guys want to briefly mention? I know you talk about your weekend doings right. and what you got into and what you watched. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys got anything, anything going on. I've just been, I've just been enjoying not being at work. Um, Fair enough. Are you on vacation? Yeah, I'm on vacation this week. Oh, all right. right so I've been sleeping in past five thirty, and uh, yeah, nice. Oh, yeah. I, I did watch that Netflix um, American Gladiators uh, documentary. The five how was part. that? It's really good. Um, because it actually you actually talk to the gladiators, and oh, then nice. there's a handful of people that are behind the scenes that talk to. But yeah, it's actually something where it's like, oh shit, like I didn't realize this growing up. You're like, yeah, they had no idea what they're doing. And it's like how many people got hurt, you know, but like, right. it's really, really good. It's, it's entertaining. And there's actually some really like, when you get to like the last episode or two, there's some shit you're like, oh man, this really kind of hits home. But yeah, it's right. really good. It's like five parts. It's a really breezy watch. Um, I'd recommend that highly. Um, the other thing I'd recommend that I watched recently, it's on Amazon prime right now for, cause it's part of the stars like preview is the show heels mm-hmm. that has Steve okay. Hale. Uh, it's like a show about like, it's, it's about wrestling. It's about a small wrestling promotion. Awesome. That's the two things I got into right. in my yeah, time. It's, off, uh, yeah. Stephen Amell, right? Yes. Yeah. Formerly, formerly known as green arrow as the yeah. arrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. as, as the green arrow. Yeah. So I watched yeah. that. Um, cause I, cause we took a week off cause you, same way you and I talked about life force space boobs, right? And then I took a week off and I ended up going on talk without rhythm to talk about the, um, Con Air and the rock. People want to check that out it is episode 676. It's a lot of fun. So yeah, I had some downtime to actually like watch things for a minute. It was right. good. So that's what I'll recommend is the, um, heels and, uh, the, the American gladiator. American stuff. Gladiator. Oh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. Totally. No, yeah. I, um, I've been meaning to check out heels. I might have to look at that at some point. Um, but yeah, for me anyway, I mean, like uh, we talked a little bit about it before um, we started recording that uh, uh, I did my staff screening um, of uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One last night, and that's actually really good. So um, that I, I I would put that out to your listeners. That's worth checking out. Um, uh, and um, it's just it's a really lot of fun. It has a really awkward first like ten minutes um, with some really bad expositional dialogue, um, but it gets um, uh, this, the first two minutes is like Xenu came down into the volcano and like, the whole right. not too far off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's a lot of really um, it's sort of summing up what the entire premise is for the last like six movies. But it has a lot of people kind of looking at the camera going like, and this is what IMF is and this is what no. they do and why. Um, and, um, you know, uh, but however, it's uh, it's the, probably the most. Uh, I can't I, I take this uh, as it sounds. It's probably the most energetic of any of these movies is wow. um, the the camera work. and The cinematography is just bre- like breathtakingly uh, uh, action packed. It's uh, uh, it's really um, it's got some scenes in it that are just really quite exceptional and some really, really fascinating. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie obviously wanted to. um I think emulate some of what um, 
De Palma did with the first mm-hmm. one, which had a lot of weird camera angles and close-ups and um, really rapid-fire editing. Um, and I think that's what he was going for. And it really works. Um, it's a lot of fun. So, so was it weird that. seeing Emilio Estevez show up as a force ghost at the end and like nodding at a purple? That that might be in part two. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I uh, when I watched uh, I watched the original again uh, yesterday before um, doing Dead Dead Reckoning, and I still say one of my it, I, I think actually it might be one of my favorite things in movies ever is introducing Emilio Estevez and then killing him off within. Well, because he was actually I mean, especially point. when you can say that movie was made in like ninety eight. Yeah, he was you know, still kind of um, like a known thing, and you're like, oh shit, Estevez yeah. is here. We're gonna be good. Oh no, no, <laughs> he, and he's he's the first one bumped off. Yeah. Like he's actually the first guy killed. It's yeah. really like holy wow. Like really, you really just did introduce a, a known actor into this role and then bumped him off. I mean, and it's anything goes at that point. It's yeah. really really quite exceptional. But um, but no, they do get uh. uh they get Ving Rames as a force ghost, um, but, <laughs> but he's still well, alive. I mean, his career he's is still, a force yeah, ghost. Yeah, he's still alive. But, That's, yeah. uh, um, but um, no, I mean, uh, all power to Ving Rames. I love the guy. Obviously, he's a great actor. But um, it did occur to me yet to, last night when I was watching, going like, I, I when was the last time I saw Ving Rames in anything that wasn't a Mission Impossible movie? And it's it's been a while. Uh, yeah, I don't can't uh, think of anything offhand. But, uh, yeah, so. Whatever. Mission Impossible colon keeping Bing Rames employed. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, the reason that Tom Cruise is worried about saving cinema is just to make sure that Bing Rames has a nice uh, golden parachute. You know, like you know, <laughs> the, you didn't realize he was in Top Gun Maverick. He was one of the, like the AI voices of the planes or whatever. That's not really what happened. No. Um, so was he was he in Top Gun Maverick? I don't know. I don't think so. No. Oh, okay. That would have been, it would have been better if you just had him as like one of the people working in the bar, just standing there like right. leaning against the bar and being like, like, you got this maverick or whatever. They, <laughs> like, they mo-capped him for the planes. They mo-capped <laughs> him. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, no, I can't wait to get to Dead Reckoning. Like, I'm like, right. I, I used to be kind of like, I'm not, I'm not saying Tom Cruise as a person I'm a fan of, but you can't deny his bona fides as a, like a person that kind of has his finger on the pulse of like, like big opulent, like blockbuster cinema. Um, oh, no, it's the same thing as uh, like Sam and I have been doing Mad Max on our show. And yeah. we've been talking about Mel Gibson my God. Um, being like, he's, oh, a he's, it's just, it's, it's he's a yeah, garbage it's, bag of a human yeah. being, but damn, is he a big old movie star? Yeah, and right. I was thinking the same thing, watching the mission impossible films. I'm like, you know what? Tom Cruise is probably a, a trash bag of, of a human being, but right. uh, he, the, the, the presence is unmistakable. Well, like, what was it? Uh, um, uh, the, um, uh, Honest Trailers just covered, um, they just did their version of, um, uh, was it um, Edge of Tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that movie. And it's like, I still haven't seen that one. It's really, it's soft. I heard it's really good. It's yeah. really good. Like, and it's like, I remember um, seeing that in like, um, in like the XD cinema. Uh, I forget we did a double feature that day. I forget the, the, the two movies that like we watched. Um, and it's like, I told my wife, it's like, well, let's just go to watch this one. And she had no idea what we're getting into. And she was blown away by it. Like it's, it's, um, it's like one of those things too. It's like, he'll, he's also playing kind of a, like a shitbag character in that movie that was like, right. he's like basically like military PR. They get stuck in this loop and it's like, it's a really good, it's a good movie. And Doug yeah. Lyman's the director of that. So you, he's going to go on to the next project where uh, Tom Cruise is like, I have enough money. We're going to shoot a movie in space. Cause I'm a crazy person. Right. But yeah. like, right. yeah, I, I can't, that, uh, Emily Blunt in it too. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's good. Yeah. dude. You should check out edge of tomorrow. 
Uh, or is yeah, it called? I, I've been meaning yeah. to. Yeah, actually, after watching the Mission Impossible films, I'm actually more inclined to watch some of Tom Cruise's other action films now. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, but yeah, but I'm sure Emma Blunt has a ton of chemistry with him because she has chemistry with absolutely everybody. But yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, so Sam, anything you got into um, before? No, you just to? just been relaxing. You know. Living off the grid, uh, drinking rain <laughs> Living off the grid, like just you know, like yeah. Just in your is it really room. hot in Ohio? Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, warm. It's not. Yeah, it's not I mean today, today it was terrible. actually kind of breezy, and then um, it started raining here before we started recording. So I don't know if the humidity is going to pick up again. But it was actually really right. kind of like um, kind of kind of a cooler day today. Nice, the humidity yeah. is a little weird. Because I know like, the yeah. I know the my uh, my friends back uh, back east in Maine are are undergoing uh, an extreme heat wave for Maine, where it's like ninety six degrees, and that's highly unusual for Maine. Oh, it's, so. yeah, it's almost as if the world's burning. Um, yeah, almost um, yeah. right. It's almost as if that. Yeah. yeah um, no, like, no, I mean, yeah. it's one of the things I think we're going to talk about with Th- Thunderdome. Is I'm like, you know, it, it's probably the most likely outcome, of, right? <laughs> Our future. Yeah. Well, um, I also think about Ghosts of Mars. It's like it's just all like they're like, what's the cartel think? I'm like, I don't know. What's the Musk think? You know, like, right. just, yeah. So, um, but no, like, was it like a week or so ago? What if like the the wildfire smoke was like permeating here? Um, I, I kept looking at the air quality, and there was the one day where it's like, don't go outside unless you have a mask right. on. So I actually took like I have a cloth mask, but I actually put an N95 and I cut it up because the N95s don't fit my fat head. Right. So I actually put that inside a mask and I went to go to the grocery store and nobody else is wearing a mask. And I'm like, right. How am I the responsible one? Like I actively right. hot dogs. Like what is, what's going on here? Right. Like it was like, you couldn't see clouds. Like you couldn't, it was yeah. just like, it looked like an overcast day, but you realize it's like, cause it's like, like where I live, if you look out in my back door, you can see, you can actually see the skyline of Cleveland. You can see the actual buildings. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see that because of like the haze. It's right. not like New York where the skies were blood red, right? But it was like, yeah. all right, well, this is a problem, you know? So, like, the one day I was walking around, and it's like, all right, well, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm the jerk for trying to look out for myself when I'm going right. to go to the grocery store. So, yeah, yeah. it's been it's been weird. I'll just put it that way, if that makes sense. But, no, the last couple of days haven't been that bad temperature-wise. Also, no. I have central air, so I really don't know I'm an asshole. I guess I'm privileged. So, right. you know. Mm. So, anyway. Um, are we ready? I know we've been dragging our feet about this. Nathaniel, I know you've been a big fan of Ghost of Mars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't start with me. <laughs> well, let me let's play the trailer that um yeah. let's be honest, makes the movie sound way cooler than it is. So we're gonna listen to the trailer for Ghost of Mars and we'll get into it. Supposed to be a routine prisoner transport. Williams was arrested on the suspicion of murdering six rail workers. The bodies were hung and decapitated. But here, a million miles from home. Hello? Anybody here? Drop your weapon. I ain't going back. They're about to discover nothing is what it seems. We got a situation ahead. 
everybody in the mod's gone inside. What the hell is going on out there? Whatever used to live here, we woke it up. It takes us. I'm talking about a kind of possession. Something's kicking out there. We need us, and we need you. None of us is gonna survive if we don't stick together. Come on. Time to stay alive. Second time I saved your life. Yeah, run a tab! From the Master of Terror. Go! Get out! John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. Damn, girl. I like you already. Man, remember when like like Electronica was starting to come through, like, and then yeah. that didn't show up in the movie. Yeah, the sticks out there this big. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got a uh, 2001's uh, Ghost to Mars. Um, according to Nathaniel, the the second worst thing that happened in 2001. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? I'm All joking. Right, I'm yeah. joking. I'm joking. <laughs> it was the worst thing in 2001 until something happened a little later. Anyway, right. so mm-hmm. all right. So this is a John Carpenter film. Uh, we have our cast here: Natasha Hintridge, Hintridge um, as Lieutenant uh, Melanie Ballard, Ice Cube as Desolation Williams or Cardboard Cutout Williams, uh, Pam Greer uh, as not in this film for very long, um, Jason mm-hmm. Statham as Oh, you had hair? That's cute. Uh, Jericho Butler, Cleo Duvall, uh, better known. Wasn't she in the faculty? She was better there. Yeah. Yeah. She was in a lot of stuff yeah. at this time. Like, yeah. The, the, but, she's underutilized here, unfortunately. Uh, right. the, oh, yeah. but underutilized is probably a good way to describe this film. Anyway, uh, Joanna Cassidy as Whitlock, uh, Richard, uh, Sarah Citrone as Big Daddy Mars. Um, and then anybody else in here? Let's see here. Anybody else worthy of note? Uh, Peter Jason as McSims. Uh, then we also get um, Robert Carradine as Rodale, and then um, Wanda uh, Wanda Wanda de 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 Jesus de Jesus de Jesus de Jesus as uh, Akushé, right? Like, like, like I, I just okay. I watched this movie and I don't remember when she left the film. I, I her and um, Jason Statham's character. Honestly, watching this, I don't recall when they died. That's weird to me. I, I don't either. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, I just, yeah. I'm like, did I miss that anyway? So I had to go back for Jason Statham because, like, I was watching and all of a sudden I'm like, where did he go? Yeah. Like, and I, I went just, back and I'm like, oh, he died. I'm I like, was okay, honestly, was... I'm like, I, I didn't, the reason I didn't go back because I'm like, I don't know where to go back to. <laughs> because you couldn't. No, because yeah. no, I'm not trying to, no, no, no. It's just like, I literally have no idea. Like, so, all right. So the, the, the basic premise of this, uh, to uh, paraphrase our friend, uh, the Al Goro of the Talk Well Rhythm, is that we are in Mars in 2176 and there is a prisoner transport train that shows up that they originally think it shows up in a, like a major city and, and Mars um, that it, they think it's a ghost train, but whenever they open the doors, we end up having our, our main character of um, uh, Ballard is it Ballard played by, I just, I literally just said the character's name and I'm just like, I don't know. Um, yeah. Ballard, she uh, by played by Natasha Henstridge. She is uh, unconscious handcuffed and has one little tiny cut on her neck, you know, after all said and done. And it's like, Oh, what happened to the rest of the crew? So she's put forward like the cartel tribunal, the matriarchy to, to talk about what happened. So through a series of flashbacks that are flashbacks that are flashbacks, she explains about how her and her, um, her crew people, the, the uh, Mars police, um, which is like what the MPF, the Mars police force, which by the way, 
I got to say that no matter what, I kind of want to get like a shirt with that like logo because that logo is cool on their their sleeves. It's a cool logo. I'll say that or like a patch. They're going to go pick up a a prisoner uh, by the name of Desolation Williams, uh, played by Ace Cube because he's the most dangerous man on Mars or whatever. And when they go to pick him up at an outpost called uh, Shining Canyon, nobody's there. Things are weird. People are dead. Heads are missing. Uh, Cats and dogs are together. It's total chaos. But then they find out that like in the mining situation, like the mining town, something was unleashed. And it turns out that a red mist that was Mm -hmm. the, um, this biological thing that was something that lived in Mars was now possessing humans and turning them into like, um, I don't know. Um, like not cannibals, but like self mutilate like they mutilate, like mutilate themselves, become this big group of people led by Marilyn Manson. Not really. Uh, the big daddy Mars probably isn't as big as an asshole as Marilyn Manson. Want to put that out right. there. Um, but then they're now fighting everything because they've been unlocked. They've been awoken. This is their planet, not the humans. And it becomes like a situation where the space cops and the space criminals have to band together to try to escape shining Canyon to get out of there. So did I, I mean, I'm sure I skipped things, but is that, I think that's the basic summary of the film. Yeah, that's basically it. That's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, uh, with that being said, should I get into like, um, where do we want to go first? I have my book full of information to kind of go into the background into this. Uh, cause I know I, I brought that in for you guys talking about body bags when we discussed that. Right. So, so this book I have assault on the system, the nonconformist mm-hmm. cinema, John Carpenter written by uh, Troy Horwath. Um, the reason I want to like, so the bri- bridging the gap after the success of vampires, which I think we could all agree is a pretty, pretty good movie. Like not, yeah. not the best carpenter, but pretty good. Like I like vampires a great deal. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, so after this, uh, there was a time where, uh, like, uh, Kevin Williamson started coming into the scene with scream and, uh, horror cinema started becoming like very ironic. Right. Right. And so that started permeating everything. Uh, and then Williamson actually wrote a script for Halloween H2O. Right. And so Mm -hmm. the powers that be, uh, even, um, was it, um, uh, Mustafa Akkad was trying to bring Carpenter into direct. He didn't want to. As much as Jamie Lee Curtis was like the person that was kind of spearheading this, which you like, I know you guys covered a lot of Halloween films. Did you cover H two? I apologize. Did you get? Yes, yeah, we did. Your, okay, sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm a hack and a fraud, and I don't support my friends. I just know you covered a lot of Halloween films. <laughs> That's all right. We've um, covered a lot of movies. Yeah. So, um, so they tried to get him in, and he eventually was like, "Pay me ten million dollars." They're like, "No," and he's like, "All right, I'm good." Right. Like basically, he called their bluff. He's like, "There's a lot of yeah. like like so." The author of this book didn't get confirmation from Carpenter, but he has a suspicion. He's like. I priced myself out so they'll stop talking to me about it. <laughs> I mean, then they only actually gave it that they ended up, but the Weinsteins ended up giving it to Steve Miner, uh, promising him uh, money to do another film that he wanted to do, and then they didn't give it to him. So the Weinsteins are kind of pricks anyway. So Carpenter probably made the right call. Well, and the Weinsteins, that's the only time they were ever being bad people and acting in bad faith. Sure. Right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, otherwise, an unimpeachable yes. record yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah. But uh, were they, did they, uh, they produced this one, Ghost of Mars. Um, no, no, no. no. Well, with no that? This was okay. Screen no, Gems. Yeah, Screen Gems. Oh, we'll talk oh, about yeah. that in a second. But like, I wanted to mention the gap. Like, sorry, the space between vampires, like to Ghost of Mars, just because I feel like since we've been doing the year of Carpenter, I wanted to kind of get through the whole because because like Carpenter, oh. as much as his sensibilities have been correct, sometimes his ability to pick projects that make money have not. 
But right. that's nothing against him because if he didn't feel like if he didn't feel like he could do it, then don't do it. You know, like that's fair, right? So then um, the H two O actually wanted to make a fair amount of money. And but here here here's the quote I want to read from the book here. Uh, the success of vampires helped uh, boost Carpenter's morale somewhat. Though one wonders what he really thought of the enduring uh, popularity of Halloween franchise. He and uh, Deborah Hill had created a monster in 78 without even realizing it. And the fact that it continued to attract audiences while his attempts to diversify and try new things struggled to find support from the critics and uh, public surely must have stung him a little. So, like, even though, you know, he finally got some, like, more, like, critical, like, so to speak, and commercial success with vampires, it was like, yeah, what about Halloween? He, this is a guy who, like, after, like, you know, was the second one, just, and, and then obviously the third one, which was very divisive, right? Um, wanted to just get away from it, especially since he was being screwed over money wise, you know? Right. So I think that's fair. So uh, the fact that it's like, hey, come back to Halloween, he's like, I'm good. I know, I know we've now, like, there's the new trilogy where he was like, I'll come on as a consultant. Can I just make, can I just make music and like, just smoke and eat chicken and like, you know, right. whatever. Right. So, but at this yeah. time I can understand where he's like, no, I want to do something different. So credit to him, no matter what good, bad, otherwise he wasn't beholden to one thing, you know, like, so I'll say yeah. that. Um, so, so yeah. Well, he so, still has that, that quote, uh, that wonderful quote where he says every time they, the word, the, and they talk about Halloween, I hold out my hand and a check falls yes. into it. <laughs> Uh, you know, so I mean, yeah, he's like, no, it's, you know, I don't want anything to do with it, but and we've talked about this, I think on your show about how he usually, if it gets brought up in interviews, Halloween, he tends to be like, shut up. I don't want to talk about Halloween. Like, please stop asking me about this. Yeah. Right. But, well, yeah, because it's, uh, it's unfortunately it is, uh, we, we did our co-episode on like in the mouth of madness and stuff where, you know, he's done movies that I, I think are better than halloween yeah but halloween ultimately is the one that gets remembered but yeah for sure so so this was a time where it's like i don't want to come back to this even though jamie lee curtis was like like she was the one that was kind of spearheading this which you know fair on her like i i you know and like this is her first time wanting to come back to horror in a long time but it's the fact that that film actually did quite well but also there's that sense of like um like irony that carpenter did not want to have he didn't want to wink at the audience like and i'll get to that later about like um ghost of mars because say what you want it's not a winking film you know so i will say that it is no it is camp you know Mm -hmm. but it's not it's not ironic you know so i'll say that like We'll get into the problems of the film, but it's, it doesn't wink at you, you know? So, um, yeah. So with that being said, um, so here's another quote, his desire to continue making films continued to remain in question for the time being, at least he had a potential new project, which he had written in collaboration with his old friend, Larry Sulkis, uh, Larry Sulkis. Um, he, uh, worked with him on, um, oh, I have his IMDB up here. Uh, they live, if I remember. Um, and then also, uh, village of the damned. um, not so good, right? But then the studio kind of stepped in and messed that up too. Not uncommon for Carpenter films, right? So see, I like Village of the Damned. The, the first half's great. The second half yeah. is just a train wreck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just to give you guys the heads up, there's a major thunderstorm rolling in. So if uh, I suddenly lose uh, lose feet or whatever, that's why. Right. But, oh, I thought it's because a redness would enter you and you'd be in your kitchen like carving at your face or whatever. It's fine. I get right. it. So, um, so. That's tomorrow. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, that's scheduled. Be, be safe. So, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, okay. So, if you suddenly disconnect, it isn't going to be like a, a it, this isn't going to be like a ghost watch situation where it's like, oh no, right. did the data disappear? <laughs> um, anyway, if you know, you know. All right. So, all right. Going on further, contrary to popular belief, Ghost of Mars is not a revamped version of Carpenter's treatment for Escape from Earth. He's very insistent that the two projects were completely different. I, you know, if he's insistent, I will believe him because people keep saying that Desolation, um, was it Jones? Uh, uh, Williams? God damn. I just, I feel so bad that I'm always like, yeah, those characters. Cause right. Ice Cube's character is so forgettable. I just like, I just, I feel so bad. Like Desolation Williams. <laughs> yeah. He's not Snake. He's not Snake Pliskin. Right. So, um, so based on the strong box office of vampires, Sony was looking to work with Carpenter again. In 99, Carpenter presented a treatment for what would become Ghost of Mars. Sony decided to back the film through Screen Gems, which Sam Ayalta said. So not not the Weinsteins. Right. Uh, Larry Sokus was brought on board in the two-man hammer out of script, which was titled 2176 AD Mars. I don't know if that's a great working title either. No. Uh, uh, um, you know, I, I'm, st- I'm still partial to John Carpenter of Mars, but I, that's my, my right. favorite of the five <laughs> I came up with. Um, so then... Uh, Sulkis would later say that the first draft was written in only nine days. I agree with that. Yeah, I believe. It. <laughs> was there a second draft? Would be my was next there question. a second <laughs> draft? Yeah. So, so here's the thing too that what Carpenter will say is that like that, so they gave him a budget of 28 million, which is significantly more than vampires. So that's cool because right. he's always like. But then, like you think about like was it Prince of Darkness was like 2.5 million, right? Like it's just right. crazy. And then like they live was like 2.5 million. Or something like that. It was very, very low. But he said, I had total creative freedom. We like, we didn't even test it. We had to be very responsible with our budget, but creatively amazing. I never had a problem. So it's always confusing to me that like when they don't give him enough money, he's like, yeah, I don't know what we got to do. And it's like, but when they give him like just kind of enough, he like just shoots for the moon and doesn't just, it's very confusing to me where when he gets the budget outside of the thing, outside of the right. thing where they, they 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 poured more money in that film and it is a masterpiece, but we understand at the time there was complications with like reception and everything else. It yeah. feels like if he's given like a fair amount of money, like like Escape from LA, the budget was good but not great, and then he overshot it in terms of like ambition. And then mm-hmm. like, but then he does something a little lower key. It's like, oh wow, you took a dollar and stretched it forever. Good on you. You made a good right. movie. Like it's uh, I think yeah. certain I think certain filmmakers, um, Maybe even certain people in general just require a certain level of, of adversity to be successful. Yeah. Um, you know, um, constraints, uh, you know, it's not quite the same thing, but I remember like uh, one of the things that didn't work about uh, uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer comic book. They came out with a comic book after Buffy the Vampire Slayer ended. Uh, where, like Joss Whedon talked about, you know, speaking of um, obviously great men who have never done anything wrong to hurt anybody, um, Joss Whedon uh, had said um, that, you know, he was excited about doing the book because it was not limited by any budget. You know, he could do whatever he wanted because it could just be drawn, and it was stupid as hell. Um, and right. the, the and so the thing is, is that when you had it in the TV medium where they were limited by what they could do physically – with effects work, um, it turned out to be a lot more uh, palatable. Um, I think that that maybe that what that's the case that maybe with right. uh, when when you put uh, constraints on a filmmaker like John Carpenter and you back him into that corner, he comes up with gold. Um, when you say do whatever you want um, without any control, uh, you know it's the same thing with like Tarantino. I think like you know once he hit 
and they were like, you can do whatever you want. And then it turns into like four hour slogs of right. Brad Pitt and Nazis. Uh, you know, um, I think that I think I've talked about this before with Sam in particular about um, uh, sometimes I think artists need someone to say no. Um, and if they do, if you don't have that, you get uh, self-indulgent pain well like, like the, 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 to your point though like um the first star wars right um episode four like that well one budgets right because it was independently funded and then also like yeah. like like since lucas wasn't in complete control because he had to kind of like he you know he had to trust a lot of the people around him including his right. wife that was editing like that turned into a much better film and it, even like the second film like he had to step away like it just yeah. sometimes like having somebody there to tap you on the shoulder be like i don't know if this is a good idea you know, like yeah. to at least to at least hold your feet to the fire a little bit, as opposed to just being let you let let you run wild. Maybe for right. some people because that if works. You let them run wild, you get the prequel trilogy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But it's like I don't. Like, yeah. I just I'm I'm trying to think of like who works better smaller, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like it's just I, that's a good. I mean, that's probably a really good question I have to sit down and think about, right? Like, but yeah. um, but yeah, like I just um, like my my frustration with Carpenter, not not him, but his situation is that like. He will do a, a movie like it's like a like a work for hire like Christine. I love Christine. I think that's a really good movie. Like I'm people yeah, can dude. challenge me. I I think like all things considered, he's like, how do I make a car scary? Well, you did a pretty damn good job, you know. And like, and then he did a, the work for hire for like Starman. I adore Starman. Like I think that's a really wonderful film. But it's like at the same time, it's like these were the films he was trying to get back into graces to do like things he wanted to do, and then he made like Big Trouble in Little China, which. I love that movie. And it's like, and it's like, that was appropriately budgeted. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that they undercut him by a, a great deal, but it's like, just, it just feels like, I feel like after the thing, he never found like that sweet spot of what worked best right. for him outside of like when he did Prince of darkness, like I, I do like that movie. I'm not saying it's perfect. A lot of people hold it up a lot higher than I do. I love they live, but you can like as much, you can see they squeezed every penny into that movie. They could, it's not perfect. But it's like, man, if you would give that like double the budget, imagine what both those films could have been. You know, like I just, right. I don't know. Like it just feels like it always feels like it's it's just he's, it's like it's it's almost the right puzzle piece, but not quite the right fit. You know, like Do you think I, you really think that Prince of Darkness or They Live would have been better with more money? I don't. I see. I'm not sure. I I buy that. I, I think I, what makes those movies work is the fact that they have that low budget charm. Maybe Prince of Darkness, think, but They Live was was aiming uh, higher, right? Because that third act is like right. yeah. suddenly we're gonna go to a dinner party <laughs> and then like run, and it's like the way like the 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 um after like they after the aliens they that they crash like the resistance party like that film is very disjointed in the third act um and it's okay like i like it don't get me wrong it's just that i think um i think that was building towards a bigger finale than what we got right um i mean you guys can tell me i'm wrong but i feel like it's just no i think i think, you know, I think you're probably having something there yeah i'm not it's, saying it's that like i needed like completely a completely guns blazing finale but i think right. that nada and um you know, like, um, you know, um, everybody else deserves something a little better than we're going to go hack. Uh, I don't know. It just, it, it felt like it should have been a little bit bigger showdown considering the, the thing, the thing that we got in the middle of him running kind of roughshod in the bank and running around and shooting people. I don't know. Right. Anyway, that's, that's just me. I, again, I, I love, they live. It's just right. like, and Prince of darkness, like the only, like that, it's also kind of a weird animal too, because it's like it, I mean, it, <laughs> 
I don't know. Like, it's a perfectly good movie. It's just, it's, it's not, it's missing well, you've something. you've done two years of Carpenter at this point. Well, at this um, point, so yeah. I think you're, you're the expert. I'm now. not an expert. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know. Anyway, that's my, um, that's my opinion and people can disagree with me. So that's fine. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So with that being said, um, mm-hmm. I, so let me go on here. Um, with, I'm sorry, I'm losing my place here. So, uh, with, with that, like, so I said, $20 million budget, uh, he, it was an increase, but like considerably more ambitious. I agree with that. Um, sooner than aim for realism, Carpenter decided that early on that he would want the film to be pure escapism. I agree with that right. too. And that's fun. I think that's fine. Yeah. You know, um, We'll get he to- said he wanted it to be like a throwback to like Commando and you know Rambo First Blood Part Two and you know stuff like that, and I can see that. Like um, I can see it, but well, he's also he was like the title of the film's called Ghost of Mars. Like, what do you think right. this film's going to be? You know, like fair right. enough. Um, one of one of the critics, and this is like flipping to the end. They they accused him of being like, and I'll I'll read the quote specifically later because I highlight a part of it. They said this, like he's shooting for the drive-in, but he's like the drive-in's not a thing anymore. Right. You know, and I'm like, yeah, that's fair, you know, like, and, and that's okay. Like, I mean, cause that's the cinema he grew up with. I understand that too. Yeah. Right. So, um, so with that, well, I'll move on here. Another quote. Um, well, one, I like, there's a photo here that I can't show everybody, but it's, um, it's during shooting. It's one that like mm-hmm. whenever, um, uh, ice cubes in the prison cell with his hands, like he's like handcuffed sitting down carpenters behind him with his hands, like sitting through the bars and they both look like they don't want to be there. <laughs> it says, it says right. John with ice cube, their expressions say it all. Which I think is funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, next, next quote here. So this is from, um, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Sandy, Sandy Carpenter, uh, who right. is his you know, co-producer on Storm King Productions, right? Uh, so you end up with the Siege movie, kind of like a cross between the Wild Bunch and Zulu on Mars. I agree with that, too. Like, I, I yeah. understand that this is kind of a callback to Assault on Precinct 13, which is why I made the joke earlier. Um, right. Like, and that, that could work. I'm not against that at all. But, yeah, I get what they're going for. So... Um, in terms of production, uh, other notes here, he, they, they, they graded 55 acres of gypsum outside of Albuquerque, New York, creating a main street and 12 buildings, uh, erecting lightning rods to ward off frequent electrical storms and painting the whole, yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh, and painting the whole thing with 100,000 gallons of biodegradable red food coloring. Oh, wow. Cause they took the gypsum and, um, they, they took the gypsum and dyed it red. Right. right. So. Uh, but at least they're, they're like forward thinking to be like, oh, it's it's biodegradable. That's good, right? As opposed yeah, yeah. to screw the people that live here, you know. Good right. on you. So this was all accomplished with the assistance of the New Mexico Film Commission, as well as the Zia Indian Tribe, which granted the production permission to film on what was considered to be sacred land. I find that an interesting statement because of what the context of the film is: is that right. we're trying to colonize an area, and whatever is here before says no. Right. And right. fights back. So the fact that like, yeah, that is kind of ironic, but you know? it's ironic in the sense that we were actually being like mindful of the people and saying, Hey, can mm-hmm. we shoot here? We're going to take all this gypsum and let's like food color it red, but it's biodegradable. We're not going to like harm your sacred like territory, like good on Carpenter and company to be like, thank you for letting us do this. Right. Like, but right. yeah. Versus, Here's a question for you guys yes. though, given that information. Um, do you think this would have been a better movie if it were just, um, if it were taking place in like a modern era or even the wild west kind of era, like, do you think it, do you think that 
if it had just been a Native American tribe instead of Mars. Um, do you think this movie would work better? Well, two I things. I think if they dug down and into the into the thematics of it, it would have made a better movie. I um, think that would have been interesting. Well, considering well, one yeah. that like Big Trouble in Little China was supposed to be like a period western, right? That like they yeah. actually, and then they made it a modern day. And two, I think that Futurama did it better with the native Martians uh, fighting back against like right. people yeah. on Mars. Um, but like, I think um, if you want something where um, you're exploiting people and then you dig into a mine and find something worse. I would argue read uh, Stephen King's book Desperation. Mm. Right. Like, do you have you guys both read that or like, I don't know if you guys we like, covered we the covered the miniseries, miniseries yeah. which is yeah. I I know that you guys like McGarris. That miniseries is garbage. Right. Um, versus the book, the book. I don't know, man. Like the best part about that miniseries is you got Ron Perlman for a minute. That's the right. best thing about that. Actually, but. I think we had to come down on the fa- on the fact that the best thing about it was the audio commentary in which Ron Perlman uh, is on it until his character is killed off. And then right. he and actually he says, yeah. thanks, guys. I'm actually going to go now because I'm not in this anymore and leaves. <laughs> yeah. um, it's uh, it was pretty amazing. It was actually really respectful. Like he was actually right. doing it to respect the rest of the cast. It yeah. was actually really nice. But yeah, he was like, my involvement is now gone. So I'm yeah. going to I'm going to leave. Um, but yeah. I think we did this determine that that was probably the best part of uh, Desperado the miniseries. Yeah, but I think I think Desperation probably handles like the 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 transference of badness better than this film. But yeah, I would um, take this. I would take uh, Desperation over Ghost of Mars. I would take yeah. Desperation the book over Ghost of Mars. Not the I, it's not the miniseries, but that like, really you think that that's yeah. actually not as good as Ghost of Mars the movie. Have you read the book? I don't know. I have. Yeah. Okay, I just I think. I, Okay, the so, book is good. Yeah, I love the, no, I like the book. Let's, let's do yeah. a brief aside. This I felt like Desperation was like post Van hit of King. I think mm-hmm. Desperation felt like the one of the more like lean and mean books he had written post that, as opposed to like because there's clearly a point there, there's Cocaine King, right? And then right. there's like you know Recovering King, and then there's Van hit King, where yeah. um, you know every book after that got somebody hit by a car or a van. Like over and right. over again. Fair enough. Yeah. Right through your trauma. I'm not blaming you. You know, like I'm right. not. Who am I? Right. But I feel like no, desperation. I've, I've said this on. Yeah. I think I've said this on our show that I feel badly saying that there is that point with yeah. Stephen King where I'm like, it's actually is post post van hit. Yeah. It's, right. But but I, but I feel like desperation and the regulators is him just getting back into like that mean. Like, you know, right. like that, that kind of where it's like regulators in particular was really mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. So I just think that like, there was something there that I feel like that, that was like, Oh, we're getting, we're getting back to this a little bit where it's like, we know where he's at. I'm not saying that he needed to be like coked up or whatever, but it's like, I just, it just, I like desperation. Right. I like the regulators. They're both like, but I'm saying I prefer desperation, the book to this film. I don't like desperation, the miniseries. Like I think, I feel like ABC went to the well one too many times. <laughs> Right. Sam, what, okay, Desperation, Desperation the miniseries or Ghosts of Mars, Sam? Uh, Ghosts of Mars. Just because it's a faster watch. Judas. It's a yeah. faster Judas. watch. I mean, you know, because at least you can pretend like, you know, it's it's, it's another Friday movie. Or, <laughs> yes. uh, it's but Friday it's, after it, Earth. Yeah, it's a Friday after Earth. Yeah, right. Yep. Like, yeah, Friday. Yeah, it's like, I like this as a joke. It's like a one-year contract on Earth is a two-year contract here. It's like... Damn, like you know, like yeah. I feel like, yeah. So, all right, um, let's move on here. We we talked about all the food coloring here. Um, so, um, and here here's something I want to mention too. He's like, while a number of uh, John's earlier films were decidedly testosterone film, he made a decision to make this more female centric. Good on him, right? I like that. Um, so, uh, Courtney Love was supposed to play the main lead, 
which I'm sure you guys saw that in the trivia. Right. But she uh, got run over by a car and hurt her ankle. Um, uh, so she then could, she, did she write a bunch of songs about how she got hit by a car after. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I know. It's like you. That's what you do. Like you get hit by a car and then you. That's your life after that, right? right. So. Oh, that joke bombed. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no, it's, <laughs> no. I, I, I agree. Uh, so. Um, uh, so she couldn't like, cause the way that the, there was supposed to be a four week like shoot and then she got hurt really close to production. Right. So th- that's why they brought in Natasha Hinstridge, which, um, because like, I, you know, I don't like, I'm not saying she like, that's a tall task in terms of a casting, right? It's like come in like with like two weeks worth of like notice. Um, we know her from the, right. like the species series. I don't think she's bad here. I just think that, um, like she didn't have enough time to occupy the character, right? right? Cause I just think the character is written poorly. I mean, that That's true too. And also I was gonna say you want to call it female, female centric, but I don't know. It's it, this film is still way more interested in ice cube than, uh, you know, but yeah, that's fair too. Like, I mean, yeah. man, like, could you imagine if you would have had like, uh, like Linda Hamilton as like, you know, desolation Williams and or whatever, like that'd have been awesome. Right. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like why not, why not flip the script to make every character in this like female? Right. Like that would have been, mm-hmm. I'd have been fine with that. Cause also isn't like the science proving that like in terms of space travel, women are much better set up to deal with space and like extended space travel than men are. I think that's the, I think that the science, yeah, but I don't know what periods and, and space bears come. Um, so <laughs> oh, Sam, Sam, yeah. All right. So, uh, no, I was gonna say, but also yeah, there's a female centric. I mean, this is a movie that does, um, fridge Pam Greer. Right. <laughs> not, so, just, not just Fridger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pam Greer's in this movie, she disappears for a minute, and then they find her head on a stick. So, I mean, yeah. to call it female-centric, I don't know. Clear well, no, the wall no, no. kind of just sits there they talk about, like, I mean, like, it's... So, it's female-centric in the sense that, like, at the beginning when we have her, like, Henstridge's character, like, talking to, like, the leaders, they call it the matriarchy. Right. And it's all female leaders. And then, like, we have the, the police force is, like, the, the leaders of the police force are like, or women, except for, you know, uh, Jason Statham and, um, I don't know, unforgettable other guy that gets like, right. like my favorite part is like, Oh, my arm. Like he's the black knight. <laughs> um, like, like, just, Oh, my arm. Oh, my head. Like I do, also like the, um, the accuracy of like, saw, how many saw blades are on Mars? Like is, is, is Mars like, like is one of the cartels like a uh, true value hardware? Like, I don't know what's going on there. There's like, a lot of logging going on. <laughs> a lot of logging going on in there. For all the forests of Mars. Right? Yeah. All the, yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, we get like, we have Cleo Duvall. Like it's just, I, like, I think that I, I'm okay with, you could have made this a completely like just a testosterone filled film, uh, but like, yeah. at least, you know, I don't know, like just ice cube, I want him. I, I always wanted him to do better. Like I just, <laughs> right. You know what I mean though? Like, no, I'm cheering for him. The dude, like he, like in terms of his background, like, you know, whatever let's like, but it's like, yeah, he, he grew up in like some hard times. Right. I'm not saying right. like he didn't, but like, it's just his default setting here is not good. Like, I don't know, yeah. man. Like, like a friend of the show, Al Goro is like, if only he and Jason Statham's characters were flipped, which was the idea originally, right? right? Statham was supposed to play the character of Desolation Williams, but then they flipped it because okay. they wanted a star, um, which, you know, I think Statham at this time, he had like, you know, he's always been cocky, right? I think that, I think that'll work better, but I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, 
Yeah, I don't think Statham had hit yet. I think he had been in a couple things, but the transporter hadn't happened yet. Yeah, Uh, He was in Guy Ritchie stuff uh, prior to this, yeah. Um, Whereas Ice Cube was getting um, uh, kind of the Will Smith treatment. They were putting him in a lot of stuff at this time. He was going to be a star. Um, You know, I had made the joke earlier about the, you know, uh, as Rift Tracks calls it, the uh, here's looking at you kid of of the movie Anaconda. You know, there's sticks out there this big. I mean, like a huge iconic line that was in the trailer of Anaconda that played ad nauseum on television. Um, but no, uh, my only problem with Ice Cube, I think, as Desolation Williams is he's too doughy for me to buy him as. The, <laughs> well, we don't know the gravity uh, situation on Mars. We don't know that, right? Like, I, don't know. No, I just mean he's he's too Pooh Bearish uh, to play. Um, <laughs> To play the badass, <laughs> like I, I, I can't help but watch this movie and think about Pitch Black. Okay, right. like, and I don't know, did this come before Pitch Black or after? I can't. I'm I think not it sure came before that. Pitch Black. Um, what's that? I think it came before Pitch Black. Did it really? Okay, because I'm like, I, well, I can't help but uh, uh, keep talking. I'll about, verify, uh, verifying, verifying. Go ahead, please. Okay, yeah, but I mean, I, I think I, I can compare it to. I feel like you can compare it a little bit to Riddick in Pitch Black, where you have the antihero. Uh, I'm actually a criminal, but I'm going to be the good guy here. I mean, the plot's actually kind of the same to a right. degree. It's, you know, except oh. that Pitch Black had an interest in uh, some philosophical questions. My apologies. About- I, I owe you an apology. Uh, Pitch Black came out in February 18, 2000. Oh, Ghost okay. of Mars was released August 24, 2001. So I'm okay. sorry. They're probably yeah. still that's still that's close, but it's probably still too close for it to be a direct. Oh, I don't, uh, I don't think anybody would have had any idea about pitch black. Right. When this was being, yeah, made. yeah. this is being made. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, but my point is that ultimately like what made pitch black work a lot was that Vin Diesel played that part. He was almost made for it. Um, I don't think ice cube was made for desolation Williams. I think, um, uh, and I think I agree with El Goro that if you had swapped, uh, Statham may have pulled the role off a little bit more. It just would have, it might have played a little bit too. My God, put Pam Greer in that role. That would have been yeah. way better. Uh, but, yeah. we, but when you say doughy, it just makes me think like, like, you know, if they did an update, like Jim Gaffigan as Desolation Williams. I yeah. yeah, Patton Oswalt, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you know, but. Um, was it, was it uh, Brett Kirshner, whatever his name is, the machine? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, uh, it, it just doesn't, it just doesn't land. I don't think. And, um, and I don't think it's ice cubes fault. I think he's doing ice cube well enough, you know? Um, but, um, there are a lot of things that don't work in this movie. Um, and the, the criminals are one are made one. Um, right. I, uh, I, one of the things that I, um, particularly got irritated by, was the scene in which um, they do the Three Stooges shtick? Um, <laughs> yes, where they go into the into they put the the other criminals put Natasha Hanstrich and Jason Statham at gunpoint, open the cage, the cell. Mm-hmm. They go in to see him, and then she backs Statham out, locks the cage again. Right, and then they all do double takes at each other. Yeah. To the point, I literally at home going, "Hey Mo, she locked us back in the cell." Yeah, like right. you know, <laughs> like, one of them would have knocked one on the head or did like the eye yeah. poke. That have been but then Desolation was Desolation Williams goes, "You knuckleheads!" and like, yeah, right. like bonked everybody together. It, yeah, you know, he well, actually gets mad at them like, and then yeah. kind of says that. And I'm like, it's three stooges. Well, and the fact and that, that like, even his henchmen are named Uno Dos Trace, 
And then yeah. like, and then Trace later on, like he was like, "Hey, let me open this can of dog food or whatever." Cuts off his own I'm finger. Chop yeah. my thumb off, you know, like, like, like. I think um, oh, was it uh, Emo Phillips did a better job in UHF, uh, <laughs> like you know, being like showing how to use sure. a circular saw better than that. Um, Just call me Mister Butterfingers. Butterfingers. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's yeah. it's it's uh, it. It, it's such a bad call. And that's ultimately, I think the thesis statement I would have for ghosts of Mars is that Carpenter is usually uh, well known for making very good decisions, makes very bad decisions right. throughout the course of this film. I mean, you mentioned already a little bit offhandedly about flashbacks within flashbacks. Um, what the hell, man? Well, yeah, uh, let me, let me get to that. I have, I have a quote about that. Yeah. So let me, let me say two things here. One talking about desolation Williams, by the way, cool name. I don't know. It's like, that's my favorite. That's my favorite yeah. UFC fighter that I've never heard of. Anyway. So, uh, desolation Williams is very much in the mold of Napoleon Wilson or snake Pliskin, which if, um, if, if desolation Williams had been like, got a smoke, like that would have been perfect. Cause this is him coming like Carpenter coming back around to assault on precinct 13. Right. That would have been right. Would have been fine, right? That would have been a good callback. But the, here, here's the quote from the writer of this book. Ice Cube uh, proved uh, utterly incapable of making the character into anything but a sullen, posturing um, you know, caricature. Fair enough. Right. But also, there's something I found on the trivia where, uh, you know, whenever doing the flashbacks where Henstridge is, like, talking to, like, the, the matriarchy, uh, Carpenter was frustrated that she didn't give enough energy. And she's like, well, you should have directed me better. You know, fair nice. play, by the way. Right. You know, like if you didn't like what she was selling you, then just tell her to do do more, right? So anyway, regards to editing. So um the, the one of the people that um Carpenter used often was Edward Warshaliska. Uh it's W A R S C H L I K A. I apologize that I'm not gonna pronounce that that name the right way. Um he wasn't available, so the younger brother, Paul C. Warlishka, was brought in. John had already worked with him on body bags in the mouth of madness and village of the damned. Uh, they already had a pretty good rapport in place. Carpenter continued to explore new gimmicky editing techniques. Ah. Yeah. In the complex ping ponging, um, nature of the narrative allowed for plenty of er experiment experimentation after as well. Uh, the story unfolds in a series of flashbacks and flashbacks. That's my statement. And for once, it's easy to get a bit confused uh, by where we're at and the chronology at any given time. Carpenter's previous works had always been lucid, but here the attempt at jazzing things up with a Rashomon style patchwork of different perspectives and points of view gets a little wearisome. Right. So I think that's what you're speaking to. Because whenever yeah. I was watching this, I was like, why are we doing these weird cuts where it's like them walking oh. cut? It was like these fades, 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 fades. And I'm like, like, did you like, did you ever be walking half speed? Like it got like, you know, <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not saying that like you can't have purposeful edits for a meaningful purpose, but it's like, I felt like these were like, it, it feels like I hate to say it, but it's like, it'd be like giving me an editing suite and be like, Oh, I get to press buttons for once and do things right. like, you know, like I just, I'm like, no, you don't need to have. Like when they're walking, like when you got like people leaving a corridor, it's like, I don't need three cuts at once. Like there's there, it doesn't serve me anything here. It doesn't. Like, I, I, I love uh, my favorite one um, is um, they, they hear like a bang or something on a door right. and they say, go get the captain, whatever character walks out of the room, cut, cut back, walk back into the room. Um, and I'm like, wait, 
why not just have the captain in the scene already? Right. Like, you could have just done that. Like, you know, it, it, you could do whatever you want. You're the director. Uh, you yeah. could just be like, okay, well, have the already – instead of having someone say, go get the captain, just – Put the freaking captain in the room. Or like, but or, or, or how about I, I would love to. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever dug into the world of fan edits because that gets really weird, right? Yeah. There's people that do things where you're like, calm down, you know, like, like, <laughs> like seriously, no, no. There's people where it's like, there's people like really. I saw one. It was like uh, they they did a fan edit of like um, a Total Recall called Blue Skies on Mars, where it's like, oh, I did this whole other thing, blah blah blah. It's like, calm down, like you know. Right. I understand people are always do like things with like Star Wars, but it's like, whatever. I think that if we did like a chronological edit of this, right. I think the movie would play a little better, I honestly, because this feels so sluggish and weird and disjointed, you know, like, um, but yeah, we, we can get to the story logic in a second, but yeah. Um, so I just think Carpenter is like kind of bored with his own material here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I listened to the commentary to like half the commentary track. Uh, was it weird when, when Ron Perlma came and I was like, I'm out? Is that what that, <laughs> yeah. that happened? No, I, it, it, I just listened to about half of it before I realized I wasn't getting very much material from it. Like there was, <laughs> it was, it was John Carpenter and Natasha Hedgeridge just, you know, playfully ribbing each other for the most part. That sounds better than the movie. Though. Were they both, were, the, were yeah, they both dropping but I just clear watched movie, and just being so like, like, Hey, oceans, oceans, oceans. <laughs> right. but, um, yeah. but you know he mentions that you know his first draft it was just straightforward and then then he decided to put you know this this wraparound of you know having it all be a flashback and then you know being forced by that to put flashbacks within flashbacks and you know he should have just went all the entire um hills have i two route and have the dog have the flashback but you know <laughs> right right but yeah. I, I think he did it because he was kind of bored with his own materials to just, you know, he just wanted to jazz it up by like, you know, putting it out of order and then, you know, doing all these, you know, not, not necessarily complex edits, but needless edits and, uh, you know, wipes and stuff like that. It's just, I, I think Carpenter was just, you know, at the end of his rope. <laughs> and then even like, there's a lot of here that will put that that way. It's like, let me find something different to do with this. Right. And I'm not saying that's wrong. Like, please, like I'm like, if, if you're not, if you don't feel like you're being fed creatively, like do something right. Like, don't get right. me wrong about that, but it's like, I don't know. Like, again, like to speak to your point of thing of like, could somebody have tapped him on the shoulder and be like, no, like, right. you know, like, yeah. <laughs> um, because I think the setup is a decent setup. My problem with yeah. this film my problem with this film is that once you realize that whatever this entity is, right, this this very Doctor Who entity of mm-hmm. like, oh, which, by the way, there's a Doctor Who episode called The Waters of Mars that kind of deals right. with like the same thing, right? Like, I don't know, Sam, I mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about. That's yeah. an amazing episode, right? right. It's kind of the same thing of like, you, you effed around and found out, right? And like, things are right. going sideways. It's an amazing episode. And the Doctor realizes like, he can't save everybody. Like, it's a right. really right. good episode. Uh, Tenant's amazing in it. Um, mm-hmm. With this, it's like it, the rules are never really established very well. And also, whatever people figure out, like, oh, that guy's possessed. He's cutting himself up. Maybe don't kill him because it keeps right. the contagion contained, which I think I think the the more interesting part of this film would have been like, yeah, um, they, they may bleed out, but just shoot limbs like like right. like aim for the knees. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, like, like just that would have been way more brutal to me of like, oh, as long as they're like contained in their host, they can't pass. Right. Like, right. cause there's using that bit in like the one, like, um, 
where uh like um what was it natasha's character goes to the one guy in like the buggy where he's like don't get in here don't get in here and he goes right. to kill himself um and then she's like we gotta open this up i'm like no nah, i don't know you no, saw him right. like cut his neck and we're done now also i like the idea that the red mist that is martian ghosts um they're like oh there's a door I guess we can't get past this because I know we're we're an airborne thing, whatever. I just like right. it's it's like the Simpsons with like what was it, the flu virus? Like you know, I'm talking about like the like the the it was Asian flu or whatever it was, like the yep. whole thing where the clouds right. were coming around, like, driving around, like can't go through. Yeah, or community, or community. Uh, yeah, it can't go. If I can't go through a door, stupid. It's not a ghost. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Ghosts can't through, go through doors, stupid. It's I not think, fire. I think if they would have like tightened up the rules a little bit, you could have. It's interesting as you guys say that because I don't remember them ever establishing that you, if you killed them, the ghosts uh, moved around. So no, I, I guess the I, bit, no, no, there's the bit whenever. It's um, one of the few things they do establish. They oh, do really? establish okay. because there's the bit where yeah. there's the one uh, person that's in the, the jail cell because they killed, and then like, what was it? The older, the older, the scientist. Right. Mm-hmm. The one that uncovered everything by touching by touching the one warning symbol that just fell apart. Like, okay, great. Right. And this is after she fell out of a hot air balloon like the Wizard of Oz. For no goddamn reason. I don't know. Yeah. Like like oh, you know what you can save money? That. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so anyway. Um, whenever like, you know, like the all all the red comes out and it's like it attacks people, right? Like, you know, like you know, takes the rainbow, whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> But then she's like, oh, I don't know. It's like it could pass from people. Like once they're occupied, like leave them be because if you kill them, because then like they started to figure this out. But then when they're running towards the train station, Ice Cube's like, oh, hell no. Open right. fire. It's like, yeah, like, that should have been better established of like, by the way, that's the worst thing that could possibly happen. Right. See, now. That's what I, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Because, again, I was thinking I was like uh, when they don't shoot everybody, I was kind of like, what's going on right now? And then he's like, we should have done. We did the we we're going to do what we should have done the first place. Kill them all. And I'm like, well, yeah, why didn't you do that five minutes ago? Yeah, right. But um, but no, I mean, now that you guys say that, I'm like, oh, OK. Would it have been, right, a, would it have been a more compelling story where we have found out like, I don't know, it's 2023 where, while watching this where the police force would have been like shoot to kill. And he had been like, no, we need to keep them alive because right. like, and it would have been like, I don't know, kind of turning on its head where the bad guys like, no, 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 no. How about we get them all rounded up and like, shut this down for a minute or, or hear me out, hear me out. Maybe here, here's my, here's my, here's my pitch for this. Like figure out a way to put them back in that hole <laughs> and close it up. Right. I don't know. Kind of weird yeah. to me. Maybe, you know, like, you know, like maybe they're yeah, all gone. The ultimate solution is to blow it all up with a nuclear reactor. But that doesn't do anything. You know, like right. yeah. that would just spread the yes. thing further. Like it's the so return. Yeah, you would think they're putting them it, back. It's the return of living from, dead solution, right? It's like, yeah, that'll do it. No, it won't. You right. know, like <laughs> Yeah. So but at my, least like Return of the Living Dead was, you know commenting on it you know like this is just like this is what it is you know yeah yeah that was like we're making things worse by being us right yeah um you know in 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 this it's just poorly thought out screenwriting so I that's mean, what i'm saying like so one of my biggest frustrations and i'm sorry i'm i'm, I'm cutting you off mm-hmm. one of my no. biggest frustrations with a lot of films is like before you spend a single dollar you have every moment to tell the story you want to tell on the page Right. Right. Like, so you can make as many revisions. I mean, who the, who the hell am I? Like, I, I've not written a full length movie. I've written, I've written two very, very, very shitty short films. 
that have <laughs> that are out there in the world, right? Um, but I, I've made multiple drafts of them <laughs> before. Before, right. like at least at least they weren't not as shitty as the first drafts, and I'm aware of that. <laughs> you know, we, right? So what I'm saying is like. I get it. It's like, you know, and especially considering like, you know, I've been podcasting for a number of years and also doing um, the other show that I do, Strange Highways, with my co-host Terry, where we've been watching a lot of short form anthology. You have every opportunity before you turn the cameras on to get your story right. You know what I mean? Like, that's what frustrates me. Like, I think I think Carpenter's had some pretty good scripts, right? Every so often. I think he's had some pretty good scripts. Um, With this, what he co-wrote, like, you had the opportunity to actually – to find your rules and you didn't. And that's what's frustrating to me, right? Like that's really frustrating to me that this could have been a thing. It could have been campy. It is campy, but you didn't, you didn't do enough for me. Like, and that's what, like, I don't know. Like it's like, you think it's campy. I don't know. Is that that, Sam, do you, does this read as campy to you? I, I, it's not ironic, so I don't know no, how it, to, feels, it feels played straight to me. Well, no, no, yeah, like, and, no, no, I'm saying like he was going for like, so I was, I was saying this. I know he was going for it. He was going for it, but I don't know if it came, came off that, as that's, campy. That, that's fair. That's fair. But right. all I'm saying is like, uh, while you were away for a second, because lightning was striking where you're at, um, and no one knows about that. Shh. Anyway, so um, you came back. Um, he was like, the name of the film is called Ghost of Mars. Like, I thought that was pretty apparent that I was going for like more like something ridiculous and escapism. Right. Right. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So his goal was to do something more like not goofy, but like, you know, like, am I going to watch this at like midnight on like my local TV station? Like right. fair enough. Right. So, so here's a quote too, from the, from the book that I've been like the book that makes this way smarter than I am. Uh, in a way, it seems a bit churlish to be too hard on Ghost of Mars. Carpenter clearly had his sights uh, aimed low and intended for the film to be nothing more than a cheesy old school sci-fi horror action movie. Looked at in those terms, it's competently done. The problem is Carpenter is capable of doing so much better. The story beats are far too rote and familiar, and there's nothing inherently interesting in looking at the film as a sort of a summation of tropes from his previous works. So right. that's what I'm saying is like, he played it straight faced, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have its tongue in its cheek, but it's not ironic. I think there's, right. I think, and I'm, I'm not defending the move. Like, I'm not saying that this is like a masterclass, but I understand his pushback. Um, like there, 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 there's further quotes here that I, I'm not, I, I don't want to get into it further, but he said, uh, he continued to rebel against the hip trend towards empty irony and genre cinema. So right. credit, credit where credit's due, right? That he saw it coming and a lot of people have accused him of being outdated and like making movies for a different generation. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. But him being like the stalwart, like one of the other things here I didn't highlight in my book here was like, someone was like, he's the last hippie making movies in Hollywood. Right. And it's like, yeah, like there's, there's something missing now, right? Where when you see something that's so straight faced, it's, it feels refreshing as opposed to wink with a lot of movies right. we watch now. And Carpenter ha- has had comedy. Like, I'll speak to Prince of Darkness. There's a lot of, like, humor in that movie. It's not ironic, you know? Like, and, right. like, just... So he was fighting, like, maybe he was a man out of time. But, you mm-hmm. know, like, say what you want about this film, but it wasn't, like, it didn't lean into that early 2000s and even further, like, at the post-screen world of, like, we're in on the right. joke, huh? 
You know, so that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean by campy. I'm not applying campy the right way, so I do apologize. It does. That. It does feel like the kind of like movie you would catch on like you know Sci-Fi Channel in the in the early to mid 2000s before Sharknado came along. Which and, is not know. just ir- irony. It's like irony squared. I, I hate right. those movies. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen a Sharknado movie, but guess what? I'm not gonna like it. <laughs> no, you're not. It's it's terrible. No, yeah. it's trying way too hard. Yeah, the no. only one I'll say from that era of like direct to whatever is a film called Big Ass Spider. That's a lot of right. fun. If people have not seen, oh, that's film. um Mike Mendez. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of um uh faintly ironic. Uh, but, but that like it knows it knows what it is, and it's 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 yeah. a monster movie. And it's right. a lot of fun. It's a lot of yeah. fun. Anyway, so anyway, Big Ass Spider, huge recommendation. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, his his previous two film, his previous films before that were were very similar in the sense that he absolutely knew exactly what he was doing, yeah. and uh, they're they're watchable. They um they're a little outdated in the sense that um they're problematic. But right. uh, you know some gay jokes and stuff like that that don't. Well, I mean, fly also anymore. like sexualizing a spider is having a big ass is probably a problem now. But I get that. No, <laughs> no, but no, but Nathaniel, do you don't understand? Don't that like, shame the spider. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Okay, right. you're right. I shouldn't body shame spiders. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's where their webs come from. It could be a big ass, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so no, but do you like when I'm saying campy? Maybe I'm not applying that the right way. But no, I get you. I get what you're yeah, saying now. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get that. I, I just don't know. I mean, I think I might be more of a Sam on that, that I, I get, I get that I can see him going for it, I suppose, but it felt very earnest to me. And that, right. um, and I, I think it actually might've been better if he had leaned in a little bit more into it. This might be another one of those examples that I've, I've talked about before where movie just ain't weird enough. Oh and no, this should have been gone weirder. weirder. It might have yeah. been more interesting. Because like like the film the film has like a slick quality to it, but it's like when we get to them like I almost feel like God, I hate to say this out loud. I think this is an idea that like Paul Douglas Anderson would have handled better at the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I agree. Yeah, like because like I mean Event Horizon is one of my favorite horror films of all time. People can fight me. Yeah. I, I adore that film. Yeah. But yeah. it's like it, it feels dark and, and dingy and bloody and weird um, as much as vampires is too. Right. Um, but with right. this, it's like when we get to like the weird like um, them like fighting like, oh, there's all these like scissors like welded to shit. And there's like it's like it's like the Hobby Lobby that the liberals want. Right. Of all the different. <laughs> like <laughs> You know, like, you know, it's just like, oh, you guys took the time to actually make arts and crafts right. here, you know, like. Yeah, no, I think, but I think you're right. I think like uh, if you can com- like compare this to say Resident Evil, Paul W.S. Anderson's Resident Evil, which is a very similar movie, it's actually better. It works better right. than Ghosts of Mars. Um, Resident Evil, by the way, is actually pretty good. The rest of it, I don't. Can't, well, I here's the like, issue. I've never seen any of those films, but that's that's yeah. on me. So the first but one's I, actually pretty good. But I, yeah. but I don't I don't mind the idea that when the people are occupied, they start self mutilating because it's like they're they're occupying like a foreign entity and they're trying to right. like like there's that certain amount of like you know like we're we're trying to get back in line of where we were or whatever it was. Like mm-hmm. I'm okay with that too. Like I, like I think is that established? Or, or are you may, are you are you drag are you reaching for that? Because no. I feel like they just did it so because it, it looked weird. But no no no. There's there like there's a brief bit whenever um uh Natasha Hinstrich's character is like she's occupied by an entity and oh, then, okay. and then they 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 drop the drug in her mouth right and then she like I will also say like this is like the early version of Final Fantasy the Spirits Within anyway fight me on that <laughs> <laughs> 
It's not that, yeah. sorry, it's not that similar, right? Like, um, right. you know, and well, this look, is at better that, than that. look at that James Wood being an asshole in that film. I'm sorry, what'd you say? What'd you say? I said, this is at least better than that. Right? Oh, I love Spirits Within. We can oh, fight. Yeah, I and, love that yeah, movie. You know, Spirits Within is now, uh, that's what Hollywood wants to do forever now. Yeah. No, uh, I really That's why like they're that striking. Movie. But yeah. It's, no, no, we'll fight on it. I think that movie's solid. Anyway, but the whole thing is like, there. it's like this like echo of what was of a, of a, of a, a, you know, of a race of people. Right. And there's the brief bit when she's fighting through like the drug trip and then she briefly sees them as this warrior race that it maybe it's not self mutilation, but it's like modification. Like right. you see that briefly. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not misremembering that. I may not remember okay. what happened to disclosure. Uh, full disclosure though. I did. Uh, I, I zoned out quite a bit during watching the one, the one yeah. space hooker and then Jason Statham's characters. I literally have no idea what happened to both of them on this right. film. I'm just like, did they die? Like what's going on anyway? Like, so um, yeah, but like, anyway, I, I think the whole, like there's something there that like, I think that's cool, right? Where it's like they're the, the body modification or whatever. Right. It's like it's like I'm not comfortable being human because I'm not human, so I'm going to emulate myself. Like I thought that was cool, right? And also mm. in the kind of the same way, um, they were making them like themselves like this unknowable like uh, terror, like Assault on Precinct 13, because we never really get to know the outside force assaulting that precinct. Right. Like, so there's something there that I kind of appreciate too. Um, so like, I think there's something there, but like with big daddy Mars, right. Which Mm -hmm. we never hear his name here. And he just, all he yells, like, he sounds like a Schwarzenegger before he learned how to speak English properly. (laughs) Um, like, but and we talk like when I refer to the, all of them as the not so beautiful people. Yeah. He looks like Marilyn Manson without the baggage. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we get right. it. But like, like I, I don't mind the look of that. Right. Like I think there's something there that is also very reminiscent of when I mentioned event horizon, where it's like, we're taking humanity to this edge and like, how are they going right. to lash out? Right. Like, I think there's something there. I'm not holding this film up as high art. I just think that some of the production designs interesting, you know? Yeah. Like, so Yeah. Well, when you got K and B involved, I mean, they're going to put in good work regardless of. Oh know. my God, this was K and B. Of course. Yeah. Not their best. They were everywhere. Not no. their best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, I think like your book said, Paul. I mean, I think one of the things that doesn't work about this thing is it's so drab too. I mean, it's yeah. not fun to look at. I mean, I get, I get, you know, liking the idea of the body mutilation, but it's not that arresting to actually look at. I, I no. think it's it's just sort of there. Um, you know, it, it's it's oh, that's the problem with the whole film. It's just sort of there. There's nothing popping. No, I agree. At all. It's just, it's it's, it's it's a slog for even an hour and forty, and yeah. you're like, okay, great. Like it's just, you know, it's like, and then the end of the film promises a much better film. You know, like when right. we get like you know, we get uh, Ice Cube showing up with like what was it like silver plated like guns? Yeah. <laughs> like and I'm like I'm like like if I I know whatever happened, but if we get like like an animated sequel of those two characters right. firing their way out of that city, I would be down for that. Like Ghost yeah. to Mars Downfall or something, right? That would be oh, well high on drugs. Yeah, yeah, right. Because yeah, right? drugs are good; they will help you. Yeah. Drugs are good. Yes. You know, like, so I, so I just want to mention before I get to some other things, Clea Duvall goes out so quickly and like, it's like, like, I like her, like, Uh, I think Clea Duvall is another one that you, if you, you could just forget she's there. Yes. Um, she does so little in this movie, 
which is why I would argue, I, I still argue against that quote of it's more female driven. And I'm like, it's really not, um, you know, um, it's clear of all, um, first of all, a great actor. She's been, was in a ton of stuff at this time. Um, and, um, they gave her very, very little to do. They gave her, the, they made her play a rookie police officer that froze up. Right. And yeah. then, right. And then she got like, this, like this, like, you know, saw bladed out. And then, then the other dude that is like, I don't know, like Cameron from like uh, Ferris Bueller's day off or whatever, like just right. gone. Like, I like how he's like, Oh my arm. Oh no. Oh my head. Like it's, he's right. gone. It's like, right. yeah. All right. So, but anyway, Sam, yeah. I, I want to ask you, cause I, um, mm-hmm. obviously we, we do our podcast, but I promised we would do this at the beginning of the show when we were talking right. to Paul. So positive and constructive. Put on the at the devil's ball hat. Right, right, right. Oh uh, shit! What, what do you got? What do you got for me? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's that's a rough one. Um, there's there's a germ of a few different good ideas here. Um, you know, this would have made a pretty good western, um, space western, um, if if they decided to go in that direction. Um, it would have made a good assault on precinct thirteen um, sequel slash you know spiritual sequel if they had decided to go in that direction. Um, it just doesn't want to pick a direction to, to yeah. go into family. Um, you know, what I said, it, it seems like something you would catch on, you know, the sci-fi channel in the you know early two thousands. Like that's not a bad thing to me. That's no, there's a lot of fun stuff. You know, you, you catch on there uh, on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. Um, and I think that more than anything is what he was kind of going for with the film. So I think in that regards, he was successful in that um, specifically, um, mm. if, if nothing else. Um, how about you? What do you got p- positive about? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say um, uh, the cast. I mean, they don't have a lot to do. They're mishandled. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think there's anybody in this thing that's bad. No. Um, you know, I think, um, th- some of them are miscast. Some of them don't give their best work, right. but, um, but when you watch the, when I started this thing and I, and, and I'm pleased to report that this was, uh, worse than I remembered it being. Um, but when I watched Is that it, a positive? you're like, trying to be positive, yeah. like, it's worse uh, than I remember. Yes, but I was saying like watching the movie, I'm like, uh, I, I had forgotten almost most of it. So I put it on again. And because it was first time for you guys, it was me. Right. I'd seen it a couple times. I put it on and I was like, I know this is going to be rough, but I watched it and I'd forgotten who was in this. So I was looking at the credits going, oh, wow. wow. Right. Okay. Like, this is a hell of a cast. Maybe this won't be as bad as I remember it. Yeah. Um, and then they have on the train, they've got, you know, John Carpenter's, uh, you know, go-to guys, you know, um, what's his name? The guy from the mouth trumpet guy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, uh, Peter, um, Peter Jason, yeah. Peter, Peter Jason, uh, yeah. Robert Carradine. Uh, who I always love seeing you. Yeah. Uh, so Peter Jason's there and I'm like, Oh great. Like this is fun. And then it just starts, you know, happening. But I'm, uh, th- I'm like, this cast is phenomenal and they bring presence to the, to the, uh, to the game, you know, um, it, even though there are some, you know, bafflingly dumb decisions made um, with some of these characters, um, they are all game for what's going on. And and to Paul's point, too, earlier, you know, Natasha Henstrich uh, didn't have a lot of time to prepare. Uh, Henstrich, by the way, has kind of gotten a bad rap, I think, in, in ultimately in her career, um, mm-hmm. where she very much uh, kind of was ended up being relegated to the direct-to-video 
B movie market. Right. Um, and she kind of deserved better because if you watch Species, she's great. All right. right. Like, well, you know, she actually hindered herself with the action stuff in this, too. Like she did. She held she her. Does, she yeah. does some very great work in this movie. She um, and there's some there's some fun bits. Um, uh, you know, uh, again, the the introduction of the main characters actually still kind of works where you've got um, her talking to Pam Greer and Pam Greer. I can't remember what the line was, but she says something to the effect <laughs> comes on to her right. effectively. And she says, I'm still I'm very straight or something like that. Right. And I'm like, oh. Maybe this won't be so bad, um, but uh, it it just this declines. And there's some again. I think actors were doing some work. Like uh, I think there was a little bit from Clea Duvall playing maybe a queer character. Right. You know, she's kind of projecting. Maybe there's some attraction to Natasha Anstrich, uh, and she's a little bit you know, or she's jealous of her. Um, these things that could have been played up. There's a. Right. I think that there is a great. And to, to your point. And I kind of floated this question earlier. I think there is a great version of Ghosts of Mars if it was Ghosts of New Mexico and it took place during the gold rush. Right. You know, and uh, the dwarves dug too deep in Moria and out comes this infection. And you had a couple of bandaneros, you know, yes. uh, not bandaneros. What am I, what's the word I'm thinking of? Federales. Yeah. Coming to pick up uh, Desolation Williams uh, in his, you know, jail cell in uh, one horse town in New Mexico. Right. Um, I think that movie it is it as the train, you know, yeah. I'm like, why is this on Mars? Why is this the right. future? It would have been a more interesting movie if it were six got six shooters and horses and a, or the old railroad and you could have played up. And like you said, you know, there is that concept of um, uh, colonization and mm-hmm. and moving into well there's literally the, there's literally right. a line in this film where it's like we're here now it's like ah, you know calm down right let's yeah. calm down you know right but that's what i mean is there's a there is actually a really really neat movie there but instead it's elon uh, elon musk's uh inevitable future you know um it's it just doesn't work but i think that's the positive it, it, thing I it's think interesting to past. me that um carpenter always wanted to do a western and the yeah, closest right. he got was vampires, right? And then he actually mm-hmm. had a little bit of house money to play with, and he got a chance to do a western. He's like, "Nah, Mars." <laughs> Mars <laughs> so, right. like, yeah, and yeah. like uh, this also, could have been a hell of a western movie, yeah, and I, we don't I have agree. enough of those, by the way. No. There are some. The West has not been the Wild West has not been mined for horror anywhere near as much as it should have been. Oh, I have a couple uh, films that we should cover on your show that I could I can bring to you. Um, oh yeah, yeah. No, Dead Birds. Uh, 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 what's the other one with Kurt Russell? Um, on Tomahawk. On Tomahawk. Thank you. Oh Beautiful. my gosh. No, I'm talking like at some point if you guys want to do High Plains Drifter, my God, mm-hmm. we want to talk about a film that is a uh, borderline right. horror. Or um, there's um, a weird uh, a, a film that's labeled Django that's not a Django film because there's like 80 Django films. Like right. everything <laughs> after Franco Nero. There's another one. It's like what was it called? Um, Django Kill. If you live, shoot or whatever. Yes. Right. If you want to get into some weird shit, like we can get into it. But no, I'll also point out like Joe and Cassidy is Whitlock. Interesting, yeah. like, uh, you know, character underutilized here. I agree with that. Uh, Dwayne Davis is Uno. We find out that he's the brother of uh, Desolation Williams. Um, like, there's some stuff here that could have right. been interesting, right? So I agree with yeah. you completely. Like, I, like, yes, I, I completely agree with you. So, um, so I think, I think there we were successful. 
Yep. We found some positive things to say about Ghost of Mars. What about the soundtrack with him, with Carpenter working with like Steve Vai and like Anthrax and like Buckethead? Buckethead. I hated it. What? Um, Sorry. Yeah. What? I wasn't really a fan of it. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 I'm not it, a fan of it. It felt like metal. they were hitting the same note over and over again. Well, that's fair. It, but felt, like, it felt like somebody doing a, doing a parody of a John Carpenter score. Right. <laughs> like it, and I, I don't mean that to be as arch as it oh, sounds. I'm sorry. You it mean really the film? I'm like, you this mean, is you, someone doing bad John Carpenter music, and it's John Carpenter. Oh, what? Was and I like I liked his theme song for Big Trouble in Little China. So yeah. I mean, that coming from right. that point, uh, uh, what, you know, I actually the, still think this score kind of sucks, and I, I I hate saying that, but right, uh, you know, because usually he's always gold. No, there there was um, but, there was that film in 2016. I know you guys probably seen it called Beyond the Gates. Was about playing with like there's the board game that they like it was like the horror jumanji that had barbara Crampton in it. Yeah, yeah 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 um it's like because like synth like like the retro synth thing's a thing now but like i don't think it would exist without like john carpenter i no. just was pissed off the entire time i'm like oh you got like oh i know carpenter calm down like, you know but at least right. i will say that like he was reaching out and trying to incorporate new things like his his score he did for vampires is also a little different too. Like, I don't like as much as he has the sensibilities, there's stuff in here that I kind of like, it's of 2001. Like it's right. very much of its time, which by the way, I always forget this film's from 2001. Why is the, why is this film like older? It, like, it just feels like it doesn't exist in 2001. I don't understand right. that. Like it, like it, it, certain it, movies in that time. I mean, um, Sam and I have talked about this a little bit where oftentimes uh, you get these documentaries like um, In Search of Darkness or whatever. They're like the mm -hmm. horror movies of the 1980s. But I'm like, right. actually, the, the 1980s, as far as film is concerned, started in 85. Yeah. Right. Um, I think it's always that way. I think that ultimately 2001 in terms of film was still 96. No, everything, right. everything in yeah. terms of what you're saying is like when people like put things in a certain decade, the yeah. decade doesn't like become itself until five years in and then it's like right. everything needs to be time shifted right like there's, yeah, there's if, you watch a, if you watch a horror film in 1981 they're still wearing like bell bottoms it's you would still be forgiven for thinking it was 1977 yeah. right um and i think that's why i think this movie is even though it's made in 2001 and there's a reason yeah. why i thought the wine scenes were involved too is that this feels very much like dimension films right in 1998 yeah yeah um you know and um and that's not great um, but, um, you know, although there were some, you know, the faculty speaking of Cleo Duval, yes. you know, that's good dimension films. In you know, and, and Danny Masterson never done anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, anyway. yeah. no, so I got, I got two more quotes here from the book. Like we can wrap sure. it up here. One is uh ghost of Mars, uh, ghost of Mars hit theaters on, um, uh, Friday the 24th of August, 20, 2001. And for the most part, the critics were merciless as most Carpenter films, right? Right. Um, many of them agreed on the one key point. Carpenter was still making films for an older generation. Uh, the times had changed and simply hadn't changed with them. There's other quotes in here too, but I will say that I'm not going to get into it too much. Roger mm -hmm. Ebert um, really gave this three out of four stars. He really liked the film. Wow. Yeah. Um, he uh, here. I'll read his quote since you guys seem surprised by this. Um, he wrote, uh, Carpenter's Ghost of Mars is a brawny space opera transplanting the conventions of Westerns, cop and martial art films to the Red Planet. As waves of zombified killers attack the heroes, action scenes become shooting galleries. And darned if the year 2176, they aren't all still hurling sticks of dynamite from moving trains. All basic stuff. And Carpenter brings pacing and style to it. And Natasha Henstridge provides a cool-headed center. 
dot, 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 Ghost of Mars delivers on its chosen level, and I enjoyed it, but I wonder why so many science fiction films turn into an extended exercises in Blast the Aliens. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> like, like, but I, well, like, I you watched the same film we did? Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, no. Well, he Ebert, Ebert probably disliked it because there weren't any boobs in it. No, no, right. he you didn't know, like, he, he didn't like In the Mouth of Madness or Vampires, which is weird because, like, those, like, like, I, okay, you, like, you can't, People like what they like, right? We get that, right. right? And I think Ebert is like well researched and well versed. But I'm like, really? Those are the two you didn't like, and this is the one you did uh-huh. like. Whatever. Anyway, you know. So, uh, so then moving on from that, this is the quote. This is what I was throwing at you, Nathaniel, earlier. I was throwing some shade, making a joke. Um, like vampires, the film opened pretty strong, but it took a very quick nosedive and pretty much uh, was out of theaters by the time the tragic events of September 11th reminded everybody <laughs> what real life horrors were all about. So wow. that's why I was joking about this being the second worst thing in 2001. Right. So right. I know. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> all right. I'll never forget. Right. So. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said. Uh, like, like Carpenter still defends this film saying there was some good here. Fair enough. It's just like, right. I think he took some swings that didn't quite connect. I agree on that. The script should have like taken like three or four different passes, like additionally, whatever. Right. Um, so then by the time John finished working on Ghost to Mars, he came to the unfortunate realization that he has fallen out of love with making movies. The long hours, the drudgery, the constant headaches. These were things for the young to contend with. Now that John was in his early 50s, he felt it was time to step back and take a breather. So this is why we're going to get a little bit more of a gap between his two uh, master horrors and the ward. But he also kept his name uh, part of Storm King Productions. Uh, mm-hmm. Which uh, so that's when they ended up making like the like he was the executive producer with Sandy King on um, the sequel to Vampires that had Bon Jovi that yeah. didn't do so hot. And then right. there was a third Vampires film that neither one of them was like, nah, we're good. But I didn't realize they did this, a third one of those. They did a third one, but the second one oh. was actually directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, right? So, yeah. Um, which I, I've not. The second seen one's that. actually not that bad. Yeah, actually, okay. Vampires Los Muertos. That's actually. Uh, if memory serves, that's a pretty okay movie. Actually. Yeah, that's just like, but like the studio kept messing with it and eventually was released to direct yeah. to DVD, which surprises right. nobody if you've been following movies and Carpenter's career. Uh, but then there was a third one that's called Vampires The Turning, released in 2005. It was produced without the participation of uh, Carpenter, Sandy King, or Storm King Productions. So, <laughs> yeah. So we're going to, we'll eventually get into, um, like, after this, um, we'll figure out, like, I've already talked about um, cigarette burns on um, Strange Highways, the other podcast I do, but right. um, there's still a little bit more to say about like about Carpenter. But since this was his second to last theatrical film so far, but I also right. think that he's perfectly content just making music, eating chicken, smoking cigarettes, playing video games. I don't think right. we're getting anything else out of him, and good on him, right? No, right? That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yep. Yeah, he's doing what he wants to do. And yeah, that's, I, that's, I, I overpaid for that right. I overpaid for an autograph, um, like right. last year. So whatever, um, and a photo op, and it was just nice to meet the man for a second to say thank you. Right? Um, yeah, this is like, um, is this his worst? I don't think this is his worst movie. Um, I yeah. just well, you haven't watched the Ward yet. So I have. Right. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but yeah. So what do you think? What, what do you think his worst movie is? Oh, Village of the Damned. Is, um, really? Yeah, no, it's, take, it's, so I would take Village Damned over over this. I mean, I'd even but, argue like Dark Star, but that's a student film. I'm not going to even say that. Right. I don't think that qualifies. No, 
No, I wouldn't count Dark Star, but I, I think Village of the Damned is better than Ghost of Mars. But I, I mean, I'd even I I even have my problems with Escape from L.A., but right. whatever. It just I understand it's supposed to be a satire, but that doesn't make me enjoy. That it. doesn't make it automatically good. <laughs> yeah, Starship Troopers is a satire too. It's still not a great movie, yeah. but yeah, I mean, like, yeah. So, all right, um, that, like look at us, look at us, uh, like talking almost as long as the film was out. So, right, all right. Um, thank you guys for talking about Ghost of Mars. Well, thank you for having us. Of course, yeah. of course. Always fun to come on. It's here always and talk fun to you. Yeah. yeah, like so, uh, like so. Tell people what you guys are doing. Like you recently released an episode that you had a guest on uh, mm-hmm. talking about the Road Warrior, which um, I, I like. I watched that again in like the last like five six years. That's a like not the Road Warrior. Sorry, Mad Max. Like right. you've talked about both. Mad Max is lean and mean and a great film. Yeah. yeah, that like it just that film has no right being as good as it is, right? Like, because you got a you got a like you got a, a really metal boomerang that cuts fingers off, right? right. And yeah. dog food being eaten, like that, that's all qualities of a film that I want to watch. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so yeah, talk no, about your guys' yeah. show, what you guys are doing. Yeah, um, yeah, we we we're finishing up uh, Mad Max uh, this month um, in July, and then our anniversary month is going to be Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters franchise. Since we've already done two. We've yeah, Sans it. Ghostbusters 2. Right. We already did Ghostbusters 2, but we'll be doing Ghostbusters, uh, Ghostbusters, Answer the uh, Call, Ghostbusters Afterlife. And then our anniversary special will be um, on select episodes of the cartoon, The Real Ghostbusters. Um, Which is, but by the way, like this is tied to my next episode I'm doing. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski actually wrote a lot of the first season yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, and he actually was like, oh, what if everybody had their own personalities and did things? And the studio is like, no, 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 no. Boil it down. Uh, Winston is the driver. Right. <laughs> yeah. he, he stepped away. He's like, well, that's gross. <laughs> he just walked right. away from the series. Yeah. So No, we'll be yeah. definitely be talking about that with the animated uh, animated special about uh, J. Mastrosinski's uh, phenomenal work. Right. Um, but yeah, we, that's what that's what we got coming up. Um, and that'll be fun. Yeah, so, it's gonna be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're still coming on for uh, Fury Road. Yeah, we'll figure out the timing. Like I'm, I'm down. Yep. I've, I've not seen that film in a while. Like I saw it in the theater, and I've mm-hmm. visited it like once. And I know there's like the black right. and chrome edition. Um, I need mm-hmm. to. God damn, that movie's so good. Like it's. I've so only good. seen the movie twice myself, and, yeah. and that's because I, I, it's one of those movies that's like so good to me that like I don't want to like ruin it by overwatching it. Right, and then I <laughs> have I have the Mad Max game that came out after that I've heard right. nothing about good things about, and I'm just like. It's like, I'm like, oh, am I ready for like a seven course meal or do I just want to keep playing Overwatch and hating myself? Like that's, right. the thing, you know, so yeah. Right. Like, so no, I, yes. And then when you guys get to Solar Babies and Warriors of the Wasteland, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> I'm going to be, be your five. Yeah. I'm probably actually going to watch uh, Solar Babies, uh, maybe even tonight. I might oh, actually go ahead and do my, that. My favorite, part about this, my favorite part about this, Nathaniel, I love you. It's just, I love that um, you want your show to be positive. But your social right. media is not positive. <laughs> I'm watching movies. Let's be honest. Like you get so you get so frustrated and annoyed. But you're like, no, no, no. Positive feelings, namaste. <laughs> you know, no, when we well, the show is the show is designed to, to be different <laughs> than all of the other, uh, most other, uh, especially especially people in our demographic. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, no, if you go right. on YouTube, we've talked about this on the show. Where if you go on YouTube and find you know, 40 year old nerds talking about stuff. They're it's just terrible. It's no, usually it, terrible. It's so much easier um, to tear down than the build up. I agree. Exactly. We just, we and talked so about we, a very 
challenging movie this evening, right? That's not mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. I gave it 2.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd because mm-hmm. the bones are there. Right? Too. Yeah. Meaning like yeah. it's straight down the middle. Like it's it's not the worst, but it's not worthy of being like, I don't know. Like, like I, t- whenever I go to Letterboxd, I tend to always do like four, three or four stars right. for most things. This is like, it's one of those things that's like, yeah, you know what? This isn't the worst thing straight down the middle, right? That, so I right. feel like you guys try to build up, but it's like, I understand. I'm giving you grief, you know? But no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, actually, I mean, uh, to be fair, though, I mean, I actually, I'm one of the, apparently one of the few that liked Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Like, I oh. gave that a pretty good review. Um, I, I need to get to that. I do want to watch it. Like, I just, I, like, as much as, so. Hit, hit me up. Jen doesn't want to go see it, so I'll, I'll no, go watch please. it with you. No, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll go do yeah. it. I, I promise. We'll go do it. Uh, no, it's funny because, like, when I saw Crystal Skull in the theater before, like the media came out, I was like, eh, like it was one of those things. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's like, I just, right. I came home that night. And I'm just like, they're like, I don't know. You can't tell me an Indiana Jones punch at the face with the way they do the sound. Isn't amazing. Like, right. Like, and there's bits and pieces in that film that are okay. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, if this is the last one we get, it's okay. And then my friends went the next night and they're like, what's wrong with you? And then, um, from that point forward, any opinion I had about a movie, everyone's like, yeah, but you liked Crystal Skull. I'm like, all right, I guess <laughs> it was like a Scarlet A. <laughs> like, right. it was like, yeah. it was like, I think it was yeah. the first half of that movie is pretty solid. The rocket like, sled fight is so much fun, yeah. right? Like, um, yeah. I, just, I would give it, I would give it, I would say the first act is pretty solid. Yeah. Before, yeah. before, um, Shia LaBeouf shows up. Well, I'd I also think. argue too, if you guys go and actually find the Darabont script, mm-hmm. which is almost the same movie, but his script is better. Go right. find that script. There's a lot more fun there and there's a lot more context. Um, but yeah, but like there's bits in that movie that are okay. And I like the idea of the Russians being like the main bad guys because they yeah, should be yeah. at that point. Like, you know, like it's, I'm like, yeah, it was fun. And then everyone's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I guess I'm banished for life now. Like so right. what I'm saying Turn is in like, your geek card. You yeah, know? yeah, sure. Anyway. Yeah. But, but that's saying, what I mean is it's, yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's really easy to be, I mean, if you go find uh 40 year old dudes on YouTube talking about Indiana Jones and dial of destiny, it's going to be, it's woke. Uh, you know, uh, they ruin the character forever. Uh, they don't understand Indiana Jones like I do. Right. Um, you know, here Old in my Catholic mom's case. And, yeah. <laughs> I, just, you know, I just like uh, that nobody talks about Temple of Doom being the worst one anymore because it's like that's – that was the one I was like, oh, that's the shitty one. <laughs> you know? yeah, I, like, I, yeah, I love Temple of Doom. No, no, yeah. I'm saying, but do you remember yeah. like the original, like when Last Crusade yeah. came out? It's like, oh, well, it's better than Temple of Doom. And then everyone, right. no, it's like, it's like, like Temple of Doom got shielded. <laughs> like, <Right. Yeah. laughs> but anyway, but yeah, I want to watch Dial Destiny. Uh, Samuel, well, let's just go. We'll figure it out. And yep. then, then you can, like, can you just do me a favor? Can you punch everybody being loud in the theater? Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Okay, great. That'd be great. I'll yeah. make, I'll even make that sound effect. It's uh, it's 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 getting it is getting harder, like right. for sure. Uh, when I went to see, uh, in city the new Insidious film, I uh, I didn't. There were people that were dicking around in the theater, and I just was like, I can't. I even I I manage a movie theater, and I can't stand going to the movies anymore. So I right. totally. Um, that's why I not always because I run the place. It's I, because I, yeah. I, it's because people are just getting worse. Well, no, that's why uh, I try to counter program and like go during midday, like in the morning. Cause I'm right. Yeah. I just, well, I, just, I did. I went, I went to a 2 PM showing of insidious and there were still, there were only like 10 people in the theater, but like three of them or three or four of them were 13 years old right. and they were on their phones, uh, flipping through their phones, 
laughing, getting up, moving around. They're, they're leaving the theater. They're coming back. Uh, and I'm like, this is just – it's just the movie-going audience now. Right. I just don't think – um, what you what used to be, you know, uh, what, how movie theaters work is they just don't work that way anymore. So, and like, so what if I took like a little bit of chloroform and like in a bottle and like a and let's like, hey, look, and just like, and just like like just let them sniff the chloroform and then they're out for like a little bit. Listen. I think I think you'd be committing a crime, but I I mean I support that. So yeah, least, I think right? I think if I went before a judge, I'm like. They were being assholes in the theater, you know. Like, you know. I think if you, I think if you put it in a spray bottle and spray, spray like cats, spray bottle I like think. cats, yeah. <laughs> chloroform <laughs> in a spray yeah. bottle. What if I, what yeah. if, I, what if I do chloroform in like a vape pen and be like, "Here, guys, want to hit this? It will, <laughs> like, it will mess you right. up." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, anyway, That'll so work, yeah. yeah, all right, so yeah, everybody, check out out the Devil's Ball. They're doing some Mad Max stuff over there too, uh, and may or may not get some commentary about solar babies. Like. <laughs> That would be amazing. I think to you're me. gonna. I think you're gonna hear a little bit about Solar Babies on Sunday. Oh Probably. my goodness! I'm looking yeah. forward to it so much. All right. Um. So. Uh, so. Before we're out of here, I just want to like uh, let everybody know wherever you find our show on uh, social media, uh, like, share, let people know wherever you find the podcast. Uh, share. Stitcher's collapsing as a platform in like the next month. So, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. In the meantime. Um, go check out Steve's work at, um, science Also his Etsy store are the slash go support his work. Go buy his stuff. Him and Ryan are doing his stuff over there. So that's going to do it for us this week. Next week. Um, I'm going to have a friend of the show, Al Goro back on for our second part of, uh, J. Michael Straczynski, you know, the guy that wrote the real ghostbusters, uh, talking about, uh, rising stars, the comic series that I have asked Ooh, him nice. to dig back into. Like we had a wonderful discussion last month about the first third of the series, which was like his introduction to the series. He's not read the rest of it. We're getting into volume two, uh, which is issues nine through 15. And it's been called um, power, like in terms of what's collected. People go find that out. Like it's going to be a wonderful discussion. I love that comic series. So it's a good one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I cannot wait to talk about because he's not read the rest of it yet. So it's going to be a wonderful discussion. So. That's going to do it for this week. Everybody have a good week. Have a sweet week. In the meantime, I don't know. Um, don't go sniffing red air. I know that is, that, I mean, in 2023, that seems pretty appropriate, right? I think that's not good. Don't, there's ghosts out there this red. Yeah, right. Don't, don't go, don't go smelling ghosts. That's what I got to say. All right. And don't go chasing waterfalls. 